0: Love Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go with the main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, attendants, boxing men, joining us around the world. It's time for the mouth you have to be waiting for. Finally,
1: it's the, the showtime. Hey, man, we, we dedicate our lives to this sport. We give, we... To up the camp. We run hundreds of miles, you know, for the ones that take it serious. And we just dedicate ourselves fully to our craft, man. We watch tape. We, we, we you know we have attitude, we and we want that fight to land on the to land on the line. Radio podcast. I am your host, Chris Carlson. We are live on a Tuesday night. Hope everybody's doing okay. Had a good weekend. I know I did. We have a ton to discuss. I know I said on Wednesday that if on Thursday, the next day, um, the PBC Amazon deal was going to be done, I'd do a show. Well, you know, life got in the way. (laughs) Wasn't able to do a show, so we have a lot to talk about. In and outside of the ring Devin Haney outclasses Regis Progray And now everybody asking Who's next Everybody's asking who's next Does he go up to 47 Does he stay at 40 Talking about You know A whole lot of different names Ryan Garcia Uh, Bill Haney said a whole bunch Right He said a whole lot Um Some of it turned out to be kind of bullshit. Um, Some of it is really trying to go after Tank, you know, trying to call out Tank. Any questions for Tank? Let's talk about Tank. It was pretty funny. I'll say this. I love shit talking. I did think I'm not a big fan of like, you guys know me, if you listen to the podcast, not a big fan of negotiating stuff to the public. Shouts out to Ness in the boxing voice though no hate there right um i'm just not a big i'm not a big fan of airing out stuff unless you've already done the negotiation and it's it's over and both fighters are moving on didn't give us details well that's different right but um, yeah bill handy was in <laughs> top form but like i said he was also bullshitting about matias Or at least not being 100% factual. So, I don't know. We'll talk about a variety of stuff. Like I said, is he going to go up Haney to 47? That's what he was saying. We now know that he's not returning to 35. That's going to be an issue for the Gervonta fight. We already know that. Um, Will he go fight Barrios for what should be a freed-up belt? Um, You know, once, once it's official. At 47 Thurman maybe that would be the next fight there's even talks in them hinting at a Conor Benn fight um, you know Ryan Garcia's name is there I won't I don't think that's next because it sounds like Garcia's gonna fight in May but they were also talking about like Bill Haney saying that we got the money now whether it's two you know 20 million 30 million 100 million you know and that kind of sounds like Saudi money to be honest. So are they about to do Haney, Bill Haney and Eddie Hearn talked about, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia. Who knows? We're going to talk it all the way through. We cannot forget Espinosa's upset over Robesi Ramirez. We'll talk about the undercards on both um, both events as well. But my goodness. Espinoza, I got to admit, I, I undervalued him as a fighter. I underestimated him. I, I did think that he would cause some problems because of his height and his activity and all that um, early in the fight, at least maybe you know mid-round or something, but I didn't see him being able to land that many shots. Um, and also get up... <laughs> Yeah, the fight kind of played out similar to what I thought um, for a while until you know, including him getting dropped, but he kept coming and coming. We're going to break that all down, and then of course we do have a variety of stuff this weekend coming up. The biggest fight though is Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards. It's going to be a good one. Styles make fights. We'll see if Bam can cut the distance. And have success at range. We'll see if Edwards can keep his defense going the whole time. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then, of course, you know, David Morrell and company. A rematch fight. We'll talk about the undercard uh, on this fight as well. But Showtime in their last hurrah uh, here in Minneapolis. We'll talk about that. Like I said, the undercard stuff. Um, Wednesday, Pro Box has a card. The Zone on Friday, I think two cards are on Friday. I know Jake Paul, uh, there's some interesting undercard fights on that too. But anyway, like I said, the big one is obviously Bam versus Sunny. And then, you know, like I said, we got a ton of news. PBC, Amazon Prime done deal 12 to 14 events, whether that be pay-per-view or quote-unquote championship boxing um so we'll talk that through a lot of people acting like they know the deal like they were in the room um saying what the budget is and isn't and all sorts of you know it, it was funny to see this this type of announcement which you know you shouldn't 100 percent judge until you see the product anyway um to be fair that's what i'm gonna do but yeah we're gonna talk about some details some specifics there is a rumor now a strong rumor that i'll get into a little bit um later in the show about a second platform whether that be a streaming platform whether that be network you know what we'll, we'll, we'll talk it through a little bit but yeah a pbc amazon i gotta admit it kind of looks like the structure of showtime and, and it's just really a matter of like I said, the quality of product, which I think will be solid, if not really good, like excellent. And then it comes down to how many we talk about 12 to 14. Well, how many of those are pay-per-views? Is it six of them? Is it four to five, four to six? Is it six to eight? You know, does it fluctuate? That's what we're going to find out. Um, but, yeah, there, there is some strong, um, strong like rumors swirling about a a bunch of different stuff. Um, And I'm not just talking about the PBC, but Teofima Lopez, you know, in the works, in talks with Sabril Matias? Or Matias? I mean, it sounds like they can't go in February because of, uh, you know, his his injured hand, but they're maybe talking that through potentially, you know, for a Puerto Rican day parade. That would be, I mean, wow. That would be a hell of a way to come back to you, Fimo. Um, Ho- Jose Ramirez's name got brought up in there, according to Dan Raphael. Anyway, so we'll talk this through. Like I said, we'll go over the Bill Haney stuff. He brought up Peter Kahn. Um, that was on the Fight Hub. Um, and I I just, like I said, I'm, I'm all for talking shit, talking trash, having fun. I do get a little, you know, wheezy. I do get a little like, eh, I'd rather not hash out the details um, in the public because that generally means the fight's not going to happen. But I I don't – I hate blatantly lying about stuff, I'm saying, when that happens. And this is like to bring, to bring up, you know, a certain person in boxing – that's not 100% tied to the fighter, and then act like it's a done deal, it just, it, it makes it sound like, well, we went after the boogeyman. He didn't want it. It, it was kind of, it was bullshit. Okay? And don't, you know, people in their teens and 20s, don't come at me with the old man, get off your lawn. I like talking shit. I like when people talk shit. I like boxers talking shit. I, I like all this stuff. A lot of it. You know, one of my favorite teams growing up watching college football was the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> so don't don't come at me like I'm, you know, I may be older than you, but I'm not telling you to get out of my lawn is the whole point. We're going to get into it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome and streams live right here on com Ow. Forward slash Rope and Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this here, Rope and Dope Radio Podcast, at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast, PodBay, PodFail. Um, download the podcast app. And, it, you know, if that doesn't work, just Google it. Just Google Rope and Dope Radio. It's boxing. There is some football and basketball phone in there, too. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to TheGruelingTruth.com. East side boxing and bill boxing and one more thing from Direct TV Stream sign up today and save up to 64.99 when you get Direct TV Stream our best deals of 2023 for a limited time 69.98 for a month for the first two months excuse me that's saving $50 when you get the entertainment package and Direct TV sports pack choose the you know package that's right for you direct TV stream okay so you know let, let's get in you know we always like to start in the ring obviously right That that's where we like to start that's where we're gonna start um, Devin Haney now going into it you'd assume that Haney excuse me Haney was gonna be um, quote unquote uh, healthier at the weight class I think that was fairly evident um like I said who knows how long he's going to stay at the weight class or if he's going to go to forty-seven and come back could be a host of of items I will say this though it it feels to me like he's got a deal on the table that's what it looks like to me that's what it sounds like to me that's what I'm hearing and I've heard it from two different sources one's usually legit ones pretty good so let's not talk about that let's talk about now pro gray right we knew pro gray doesn't really cut the ring off all that well right lateral movement um good jab um, on the move looking for the counter or at range but what he's got to come forward he reaches a lot he reaches a lot and i mean how many rounds Did you get, like, how many rounds could you give Regis? Like, is there a round out there? Did he win two? I don't don't think he won two, but, I mean, and Haney wasn't running the whole time. Now, copy box numbers were crazy, and even the ESPN post show was trying to say, hey, you guys are making fun of, you know, Shakur and De Los Santos for that, and that is true, right? But remember, pro-gray landed a, a super low amount, not Devin. So that there is a little difference there. But um, right off the bat, uh, you know, Devin came out, no surprise, um, jabbing mostly. Um, I did like a little combo he threw in the first round. And, um, you know, with that high guard, that's something we talked about too. He, he attacked the body as well. Um Pro Gray was just jabbing, landed a decent left. Not a whole lot happened in that first round. Second round, Pro Gray, nice left hand to the body early. His problem was he just never followed up, and, and whether he could or could not, he, he he's slow-footed as well because the quick feet were evident. Um, the one-twos, a couple lead right hands, a nice counter, uh, even adding the... You know a couple up uppercuts in the first couple rounds haney you know in the third round timed pro gray perfect with a right hand dropped him knocked him down he was kind of flat-footed right in front of him a little kind of like not flat-footed but squared up and off balance if that makes sense like he was not in good position um but, you know, once again, it was mostly just a jab after that happened. And and he just couldn't cut cut the distance. And that was one of the times where he dropped him. He did kind of stiffen up his legs. Haney did a couple times. um, And I guess that's the only thing you can say that, you know, makes it kind of fall short of just mesmerizing or like a, a master class because – you know, he did have him hurt and he didn't, uh, he didn't go for the kill, but you know, and, and what I mean by that is like, when we talk about masterclass, cause I know I'm going to get pushed back. Like, look at what Terrence Crawford did to Spence and I view Spence better than pro Craig. You could say weight drain he won. Okay, fine. But you know, look at, look at, uh, anyway with Fulton. there ain't no weight drain in there. Um, I would say those are just a notch up not taking anything away from Haney, but This dude really put it all together instead of moving a ton as far as quote-unquote running You know, he he pivoted he circled didn't really even need to clinch because Progray couldn't get inside um I just uh Like in the fourth round, I thought he did a little bit better at closing the gap did land a couple of uh You know, a couple left hands to the body uh, to go along with the jab, but the jab, the pivot, the right hands, um, just landing clean, dude. You could always tell, you know, pot shots with the right hand, just doing his thing, just doing his thing. Um, And then the sixth round, this was another time, under 60 seconds, a jab and a huge right hand lands on Pro Gray, you know, who – you know, proved he had a pretty damn good chin, but his legs tightened up in that one. And, you know, it you can say what you want. And sometimes, ooh, excuse me. Sometimes, like, going for it right there, when Regis is a capable, see he's got good power, he's a capable counterpuncher. Now, can you put everything into your shot uh, when your legs are a little wobbly? You know, that that's a good point, but... I don't know, man. It, what I saw was just a a damn good performance, excellent night out. Like I said, pivoting, just doing it all, just doing it all, crisp as hell. Left hook, right uppercut, really taking advantage. We talked about that, taking advantage of that high guard. Come eighth round, with like seventy six uh, seconds left, a few big right hands, buzzed them again, three straight right hands. Just landing clean on the chin it just it felt like Haney couldn't miss you know what I mean felt like he couldn't miss Um, And you know, I I, like I said, I just don't You know the last couple rounds he did increase a little bit of the activity program, but it just wasn't enough you know Um, So the last few rounds I guess you could say he tried even more to cut the ring, but there wasn't much there all three judges had it 120 107 125 to 36 now under 400 for 12 round fight for both of them that is low punch output but remember this isn't the stevenson part where he only had let's say haney only landed 60 something he landed 125 punches 35 percent of his punches those are straight total punches to ten percent. That's that's wild. Thirty six punches. I mean, that's like I said. That shit's wild, dude. I don't. I don't know, man. That that was bad, and you know they were talking a bunch of shit back and forth. The uh, strength and conditioning guy was going crazy. Um, Reed just swore up and down that you know that this is in his hometown, well, the crowd, you could tell the crowd was pro Haney, Uh, 16,000 and above, I believe. Uh, Like I said, going into the week, you could tell it was going to be a healthy gate. Whether it hit 2 million or not, I'm not quite sure yet, but it was on its way. It's for sure as big, my guess is it's for sure as big as the uh, Haney Lomachenko, but probably a little bigger. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see, We're, we'll get some information on that, but I mean, that was, that was a great crowd, um, the undercard, there was some interesting stuff on it, not not too much to where it warranted uh, me to say, oh, that was a quality undercard or whatever, but I mean, overall, Haney did his thing, man. offensively, defensively, wasn't trying to punch and grab, um, just Kept Progray, stun his his offense stunned all night. Couldn't do a damn thing. He really couldn't. And it got to the point where Progray's corner is like, dude, you got to start doing something here, you know. And he, like I said, he did push it a little bit down the stretch, but when he only landed thirty six punches, he was talking about he's going to do some nasty shit to him. And I don't know, dude. It was it was a pretty sight. Not for progre, but for Haney. So kudos to him. When he fights like this, man, it is going to be difficult to defeat this guy. It just is. You could say, "Oh, like I said, the only thing I'd say is he didn't go for the kill, maybe the second time or third time he had him hurt." Okay, sure, but I mean, what is that like a, a ninety, like a ninety-four and a half percent then out of a hundred? Like a minus? Would you give it an a? I don't even know if I go a minus. Then I. This dude had an excellent night, and he keeps growing. And I've said it before, you know, you know, with Lonares and Diaz and Cambosas and Loma. And like, every these are just helping him and developing him. And, you know, Bill Haney said a lot after the fight. And one of it is, though, you, you know, you should have got him already. And you might as well fight him now because he's only getting better. And I do believe that. And I'm not going to say night and day from 35 to 40 as far as how he looked. But, I mean, on the scale, he sure looked a lot better and in the ring. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. Um, great performance. Great performance. Haney put it all together. Like I said, you know, when you hear about, you know, a variety of stuff they're talking about, you know, Mario Barrios going to 47 when that belt comes free, like I mentioned. That makes a lot of sense because if you're going to go from 35 to 40 and then jump right up, you're probably not going to take a Boots Ennis on. Maybe you take a Thurman, but, you know, I think Thurman and Stanonius are going to fight. Stanonius could fight, maybe fight Barrios, and then fight the winner of that. Um, he did say, listen, i'm not worried about undisputed now i did that at 35 i'm looking for the biggest fights and the biggest money right and obviously you know barrios is not a huge fight thurman if he were to be able to fight him that would really help him a lot um and maybe big money comes in the form of a a big offer like i said it feels kind of like either the PBC or Saudi Arabia. Now, I guess you could say maybe it's a combo. I, I I don't think so, but there's something on the table because they, they dropped the belts. I mean, like midway through camp or something, they were saying they'd still go to 35 and that's, let's talk about that. Ryan Garcia. Don't think that's going to be next. Um, Oscar today was literally talking uh, when they were doing the, uh, he was at a press conference for Mungia and Ryder, and he was talking about we're going to sit down with Ryan Garcia here soon. He wants to be, bu- you know, back in May, and, or sorry, March. And he did talk Rolly, you know. He did talk a little bit about Roley. Um When they mentioned Devin Haney, it was kind of like, well, I don't know who, who's their represent—I don't know who's their representation to talk to—and it was kind of wishy-washy. Um, and like I said, I don't think he's going to turn around and fight in March. That's that's just a guess, right? That doesn't seem that weird. Of course, you know, I mean, Ryan didn't fight that long either, right? And so it wasn't—I mean, shit—it was just last weekend, so or two weekends ago. But um, the tank stuff, I do think that's where the problem is going to be. Because clearly, although Haney is turning into the perfect B-side for him, much the way Garcia was, to do some big, big, big numbers, right? Um, like big-ass numbers. And so, now we don't know the pay-per-view numbers. Odds are it won't do that good. Even Eddie Hearn was talking about it's it's right. He said, "Well, I don't know exactly how many uh, Haney Loma did, but we're in that ballpark." So it was kind of funny. I was like, "Huh? Which one?" He said he was happy with it. Does that mean they broke even? Um, and like I said, the gate—we don't have the exact numbers as far as the revenue, but anytime you're over a million, it's a healthy gate. This one, you know went well about that like i said whether it hit two million or not i don't know yet i haven't had clarification on that i'm going to get that but um either way whether it's 1.5 1.8 who gives a shit? it's a damn good game and it was cool to go you know to san francisco that bay area and the fans definitely came out um but back to the to the uh to the, you know, the tank thing. Literally during camp, he was saying that he's like, he even said that he'll go back to 35. And he kind of narrowed it down to just tank getting them back to 135. That's it. Um, I think he said it. I did a little research going back to it. I think he said that at the the first presser for this fight, the announcement of the fight, the program fight, and then sometime in November, I actually got a little information here um, that I'll provide you. Um, sometime in November, late November, he was even saying he'd still go down. Now, obviously, we know he changed his mind, and that's where, well, what changed his mind? Because he already knew he wanted to go 140. Right and he's saying I feel a lot better and shit even during fight week He had a water in his hand. You know what I mean? Like doing the interview saying look dude, I can I get your water here. You know, I'm healthy right now um, But I'll say this like that fight's not right now that fight's not gonna happen at 140 Um, Especially when he said he could do it at 35. It, it was just a few weeks ago now that said, that's just being honest. I know I'm going to get pushed back. In fact, I'm starting to see my messages pop up. Devin Haney can do whatever the fuck he wants, okay? If he doesn't feel like he needs to go to 35 anymore because his body, it's killing him to the point where it's fucking up his, not just his body, but his performance and all that, then he has every right to not fight at 35. But like I said, especially in the, the social media era right which were in dd um when you say it during the camp that you just had during training camp they're gonna use that dude that's how it goes but i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh he's dunking them and this and that listen he doesn't want to fight at 35 that's cool he dropped the belts so he did make it clear because at the start remember, or not to start, but not long ago, remember he, he, he asked the WBC to keep the belt, so he was, because um, that's how came open for Shakur, because he was champion in recess, and, but he had a change of mind, and he's, like I said, he has that right 100%, but let's not act like he didn't say it during camp, this training camp, okay, so it is contradicting, but the only thing that of course, health has something to do with it and how damn good he looked and felt, but that's what makes me think there's something that he's going to sign to. That's real. I mean, that beyond, like, who I've talked to, just my gut kind of th- tells me. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying I know. Oh, it's the Saudis. Now, Bill Haney did allude to that a little bit, saying, hey, man, you know, why don't you make us an offer? We'll make you an offer. You know, we're a free agent. But then they said, oh, uh, you know, because someone, someone said to, uh, you know, I think both, both Hades saying, hey, that would be a big fight in Saudi Arabia. And they're like, oh, hell yeah, dude. You know, so I, I don't know, okay? It's just to abruptly say, like, to try to save your belts, and then drop them all, that just tells me you have a plan. And he even, once again, alluded to this. I don't have the audio, but I remember talking about this last week. He even alluded in one interview where he's like, well, once I get this stuff figured out, then I can tell you what I'm going to do. So to me, it's like, you know, you have Bill Haney doing his job, which is a multitude of things, right? Doing a damn good thing, by the way, credit to Bill Haney, but he's out there saying we're a free agent, we're 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 available, right? We'll fight Matias we tried to fight Matias, we did this, we did that, we we offered a you know, or or didn't offer, him, but they talked about it, like they basically called this bluff, which turned out to be bullshit. Um so yeah, I mean he's saying a lot right now. And it just seems like they already got a plan. Now, I could be totally wrong. You know, I, I could be completely wrong. Um, But it, to me, because he even mentioned Connor Ben And Connor Ben. that, that kind of seems like that would be a body fight. I guess maybe here. He can travel here and do it. But I don't know, man. To me, it just seems like he's got something under his sleeve. And Bill Haney is, is leading the pack on saying – You know, basically saying, you know, going to the public, saying all this stuff. Um, But he was saying, hey, who has that question about Tank? Let's talk about Tank. Tank's this, Tank's that. I mean, he was saying a lot. And, hey, that's where I'm cool with it. That's, That's cool, dude. You're trying to piss them off. You're trying to just say we're ready, right? You're available. We're ready. But, you know, and then he talked about going to, you know, maybe Thurman, I guess, and Barrios, all these names. But the thing he said, he said, well, I talked to, and this was on Fight Hub TV, okay? This was in an interview. And Bill said, I talked to Peter Kong and about the Sabriel Matias fight. Because everyone calls him the boogeyman. Well, we, we knocked on the boogeyman's door. That's what he said, basically, right? And now, these aren't direct... That's basically what he was saying. And he said that Sabriel came back with a $4 million. Like, I need $4 million. And then he, you know, and he said he called him back and he still needed $4 million to fight. And right off the bat, first of all, that sounds like bullshit right away. Whether Peter Kahn has anything to do, which it, from the reports it sounds like, yeah, he has nothing to do with Sabril, uh, Matthias's uh, career. That's what it sounds like. And this also stems from the Boxing Voice shout out Ness. They had you know his trainer, Matias' trainer, and then Bill popped on. And when they brought up Peter Consee, Bill was just kept talking and talking and talking. He said, "Well, I tried to call this number you guys gave me. The dude said he needed a little bit more time. Need a little bit more time. I keep calling him." It's like, dude, you're not going to get the deal done in a day. So to me, and he was like, he was just talking to talk. You know, it's kind of like a when you don't really know the answer to an essay back in the day, like a written, and you got to just, just keep fucking filling out some shit so it seems like you really did something. He just was talking, dude, to be honest. That's what I see. I I, I saw the whole thing on the boxing voice. Shots out to Ness, like I said, but he was just talking. He was just talking. And, you know, because he's like, if he wants so bad, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's answered his phone then. It's like, dude, calm the fuck down, Bill. Like, you're not going to get the deal done in a day, you know. So, to me, that sounded like he was bullshitting. Um, And then, you know, the trainer, Matias, says, hey, man, I don't do the deals. But what I do know is Peter Kahn is not in control. He's not the final say. And even at that time, Haney was like, Bill was like, well, Peter Kahn's a great guy, and he went into all this stuff and, you know, the Cambosis deal and all that. And he's like, well, you signed with the wrong – maybe you should sign with him. Or, you know, you're with the wrong guy. You're not with him. And he kind of made it sound like the dude was dumping on Peter Kahn. He's like, dude, I have no – I don't have a problem with Peter Kahn. I'm not saying anything about him. It's just he doesn't have shit to do with supreme Matias. So, to me, it looked like Bill Haney just got caught calling his bluff because, you know, I mean, literally, Matias put out the damn number to call online. He was like, don't talk shit. Here's the number. We can fight, you know. And, he, and online, he put out the guy's number, which is like, well, hang on, Matias. Don't do not do that. But, yeah. Um, and now, dealing with Marcos Diaz Vegas on fight hub, right? I'll say this You don't know Especially on am like on spot. You don't 100% know Who every fighter is represented by and sometimes it is more than one person so maybe just maybe you know Like I would have liked to follow up like right when I heard it one Matias asking for four, four mil just sounds not true at all. So, so I would have followed up on that, and I thought he, he did he didn't do his due diligence, saying, "Well, that doesn't sound right, dude." I, in fact, I'm gonna contact the night, and we're gonna square this out. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing about Ness. At least he did that. They talked about that, but I didn't. Like, it's one thing not to know the management. It's another thing to not follow up and say, all right, well, I'm going to have to talk to him, and we're going to, you know, I can't believe, you know. So so that's one thing. But the next day when it's clear Jake Donovan, a variety of people have already said, hey, dude, you know, Peter Kahn's not in control. He doesn't have the last word on Matthias. You're talking to the wrong guy, right? And the next day, so that information is already out it's clear as day, and the next day, Marcos is still posting it like it's the truth. And there's times where I've kind of gone back and forth with him on Twitter before, and he always is like, "Dude, you're giving me shit. Why did, do you have something against me?" It's like, "No, dude, I just this is legitimately calling you out. You know." And that's where it comes, it, it, impressions and all that engagement. Views, clickbait. I get all that. I get all that. But let's not act like it's not that bit, because that was bullshit. I have to say, I do have to say. I think he's good at his job. I've said that from the start. But to to already know the information is out there and to keep posting that thing, that's that's nonsense. And it's funny because this time he didn't respond back. Usually we have a little give and take and we talk it through, but. To me that was bullshit. We already know that video what's in that video is bullshit And then you repost it and then retweeted again yesterday when the information out there that was bullshit. So Bill Haney's saying a lot of stuff That's what he's saying. He's saying, you know Mayweather never did this at age by age 25 and you know a variety of stuff and like I said if 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 Devin Haney doesn't want to go to 135 anymore, he has every right not to. But I will say this, he already sounds like he's going to 47, at least for a fight. Maybe he'll come back down, I don't know. But I highly doubt that Haney would go to 47 and then rule out 140. But I do think that's the only place that that fight would take place now. Um, I thought there was an outside chance for it at 135. It doesn't seem like he he wants to do it at 135 anymore. And uh, like I already said, on the Gervonta side, that's their weight class, and they're sticking to it. That's what they're saying. Um, They went up and fought Barrios at 140, no doubt. They did. They also said they didn't like it. He said he's a big guy and all that. The point is we can go back and forth with all this stuff. Um, It's a big-ass fight. Haney's really starting to get his name going. Like I said, it was a great crowd. Um, I just don't see it. And and I'm not saying even if Haney stayed at 40, he was willing to still go to 35, that the fight would be made. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's no way the next fight is going to be at 140 for Gervonta and and, and Devin Haney. I think that's probably now the only place it's going to happen whether that's a year from now whether that's two years from now no clue but i but i highly doubt it but my guess is they have something lined up and it's the more i look into it the more it's see it may be the Saudi. um some of the fighters he mentions are from the pbc but it doesn't mean he'd sign with the pbc it could be a Like I said, it could be fighting Barrios for that free belt that's going to come up. I don't know. Um, Let's see. Now, the undercard, we did have – we actually did have an upset that uh, Yoshida upset Ebony Ebony Bridges. I mean – wait a second. Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's stay on that card. So there was an upset there. Um, Andy Cruz, take it on that replacement, you know, he came out really sharp, uh, you know, hit him with several just dudding punches, Um, a late right hand to the body was just crucial, Um, came out with crisp right hands, more, you know, like just straight right hands, body punches, left hooks, the speed, advantage was showing clearly it, it felt like he couldn't miss with the right hand um, so he you know he took care of business that wasn't even that was a wrap
2: dude. it was a
1: wrap um, so he looked good you know in the fight that he was on obviously um, you know the, the, the person he was supposed to fight wasn't able to uh, to fight so uh, but he looked good. He did look good. Um the other fight I want to talk about real quick. We I just saw John pop on. Um um Liam Paro or yeah, Paro and Montana Love. Kind of a pretty slow start to the fight. Love was landing a couple nice jabs. There was like a straight left hand and a right hook, like maybe the last fifteen to twenty seconds from uh Paro. Um and that that you know i i thought that um uh, that was kind of like the first two rounds really um and so i kind of had it like 1-1 after the first two um both of them were kind of landing their jabs in the first two rounds but it was it was slow then i thought um uh, paro you know a beautiful count, uh counter right hand early definitely working his jab more circling, kind of either circling and landing or resetting throwing that left hand. Um, whereas, you know, love nice jab, but that, that was about it. He did like, I think he landed something late in that uh, third round, but just the better shots clearly were, were, were Paro, Perot, Perot. I think it's Paro or Perot. Um, oh, it's not Perot, not Ross Perot. Um, and overall, that jab left hand. I did think the fourth round was close. Maybe you could have gave that to Love because he he was going to the body pretty well. Um, but once the fifth, sixth round came around, that fifth, the fifth round, those chopping right hands, uh, or chopping left hands, I should say, short hooks, uh, really nice short hooks during exchanges of hooks. Um, and then it was like a left uppercut. Sixth round left uppercut scored the knockdown like 30 seconds into the round. Um, a left hand after he double jab scored another knockdown. And then it was like flurries on the rope TKO. Um, I know love was saying that, you know, it should have been stopped or whatever, but, uh, it was the clear win. I mean, there, there wasn't much more to be had. Montana love had that nice win on the Jake Paul. Um, card a while back and then you know it it has kind of kind (laughs) of subdued Not not kind of it has um so i do want to talk about that ramirez espinosa i mean that was that was a really fun fight and like i said i underestimated espinosa most of us did i did think that he would Be you know have a little success in the first handful of rounds. I really felt that way just because you look at his style, he's very aggressive. I I thought I thought his punches were going to be a little bit more. I didn't think they were going to be as tight. Um, The short punches, the jab, like it was all land. And then he showed his chin and got up. I mean that that was great. But we'll get into that in just a short little bit including, you know, BAM against Sonny. We'll talk a little bit about the Amazon Prime deal and a variety of other stuff. Let's go ahead and bring in John into the fold here. What's going on, John? How you doing?
2: Chris, how's it going tonight?
1: Not bad, man. Not bad at all. How are you?
2: Good. Good. To get so so what you think of let's uh, ho- 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 start at the top of the card? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I, yeah, yeah the holiday a, season's major, coming up. Right. Get, getting, uh, getting into the flow of the holiday season and was just thinking today, uh, how, how the wilder Joshua card is, is going to sit in the U S on December 23rd, starting at 11 a.m. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a marathon. So, uh, even, even for hardcore fans, it's, it's really is pretty bizarre. And, We'll we'll just have to see how that that's gonna end up playing out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um but as far as from this last weekend, that main event really popped um on ESPN. That was a nice surprise. Um but let's start up with Haney Progray. Uh you know, Haney was more like pivot circle minorly reset but really wasn't doing the one hit hold type of thing or just running 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 around the ring um he was really in there to win every round um there was a couple times where he had him hurt he didn't follow up pro gray was having a really difficult time cutting off the ring what'd you think of his performance Tom? i would it
2: was a real good performance um you know for me It wasn't that much of a surprise. I I did kind of see this coming, except for the part that even though there was no stoppage, I didn't necessarily think pro-gray. So I did feel that was impressive that he he did put some hurt on him, you know, dropped him, put some hurt on him. And, of course, boxing-wise, as you said, on the scorecards and in the punch stat numbers dominated the fight, uh, pretty much a shutout so, uh, you know, that was, that was impressive. There were some critics uh, that, you know, thought that Haney didn't step on the gas enough late to try to get him out of there. That's not really his style. And you do have to entertain. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to build a name. You're trying to build the viewership. But I think, you know, some of those critics, we're we're maybe nitpicking. I mean, you know, Progre pro does have some power, even though it wasn't a, a factor the way this one played out. But he is a legitimate puncher, so you can't you can't sleep on him in terms of uh, he, he can't hurt you. But you know, I think the way this one played out, it actually then, even though that was a stoppage in the first half, but of course, bigger guys in in some sense. Not that the styles were the same or anything, but just in terms of kind of where the fighters were in their career, a bit it reminded it reminded me a little bit of just a you know a few weeks earlier Benavidez stopping Andrade, and you know I had pointed out after that fight that I don't think people looked at the age factor enough, and this one I did say it beforehand I was right on it, and I thought hit that one right on the head, and as someone had even pointed out on a tweet I made before the fight, which was correct, and, and I was looking at it that way. It was just straight-out age. You know, it wasn't that Pro Gray was a guy who had take a, taken a lot of beatings and was 34, but that doesn't always matter. That just makes you worse off. In other words, you're still 34, even if you hadn't haven't taken a lot of beatings and you're fighting at a, you know, he weighed in at 139, but you're know, 140-pound limit fight. So you're, you're at a low enough weight, the speed, the reflexes, all those things. I don't – this one I was saying beforehand, you got to look at the age here, and I think that definitely proved to be a big factor because Progre really didn't have anything for him. And, you know, Haney, no, no matter what age you are, you fight him, his boxing skills going to be tough. But still, for Progre to really not basically be landing anything on him over 12 rounds, you know, that, that really showed his age as well. And I don't think enough, you know, people, you got a 24 year old guy and a 34 year old guy and really people are discussing the the fight. Like it's some kind of even money thing. And, you know, Haney's taking this massive, massive risk. You know, of course the odds makers didn't have an even money, but, you know, a lot of people were saying, yeah, Progray's got a real shot here and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was just a, just a domination by Haney. I think, since I said it before the fight, and I'll, I'll always say it in these situations, but since I said it beforehand, I do, I do want to bring it up afterwards and uh, t- take credit for also pointing out that because people just never seem to get it. Did the five pounds that Haney came up from one hundred and thirty-five mean squat? All we heard about was Haney was bigger than him. So again, there's just yeah, very just true. Too many there's just too many – and you've got to point it out at these moments because the next fight like this is going to come around just in a couple of months, and you're going to see, you hear the same lazy narrative. And I get sick of it because it just is lazy analysis. These, these weight classes that were just created or, or popularized because the alphabets wanted to grab more sanctioning fees – they don't really have any place in analysis, but people who should know better talk about it all the time, and they did it with this one. Did Haney have to adjust to the weight? And, of course, I'm being sarcastic because it's so silly when you hear this nonsense. Did Haney have to take a few fights to adjust to the weight because he was going up five pounds to fight pro-gray? Hell no. He, 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 never, he never had a fight at, at this weight where it dominated him and shut the guy out for 12 rounds, and the guy was carrying a belt. You know an alphabet belt so it's it's just nonsense if he now as you pointed out Chris he is talking about going to welterweight now you know if he's going from lightweight he was you're know, the lineal undisputed champion at lightweight uh, which is a huge accomplishment now and historically and Haney deserves credit for that but yeah but, but you go into that analysis when the guy's going to fight a traditional full quit weight class up which is welterweight. That's when then you start talking about, okay, you know, is, is he going to lose anything? Is there going to be a strength disadvantage here? And that can be overcome, of course. Look at Terrence Crawford. But that's where you're, you know, Roberto Duran, the list goes on. But, I mean, that, that's where you start getting into that analysis. Not not when a guy is, is you know, going up five pounds or it's even more ridiculous uh, at these, you know, even lower even lower weights where you've You've got you know all these weight classes between hundred and five and you know hundred and fifteen pounds and then you got people talking about adjust to the weight and things like that just just silly so this was like example one million of and one of this and it's just it's just worth pointing out because said it before the fight you know just want to point that out afterward so the age and then the weight difference not meaning that much. And then I, I do, you know, before going off of this one, I, I want to get the right perspective on it. You know, you and I said it before the fight. I think we broke it down right in terms of the meaningfulness and the quality of opposition. Cut it, it, it does still though cut a little bit both ways. Um, you know, ESPN put a graphic up and it was just because it benefited their guy in this case, but it was historically correct in other words of course they were competing you know showing the the, the ramirez espinosa card uh at the same time as the Haney pro grade pay-per-view but they pointed out correctly but of course for their own benefit in this case because i see all these other times when they should be pointing it out and they don't that really right right heo lopez is the champion you know if, if You're looking at 140 pounds. Like I said, I don't think we need all – I know we don't need 17 weight classes, but if you're going to say 140-pound champion, it certainly was Teofimo Lopez. I mean, even though I thought the fight could have gone either way or a draw, Progre lost to Taylor. Taylor didn't lose in the ring. How is Progre a a 140-pound champion now? It doesn't make – it's just asinine. It doesn't make any sense. So the ESPN graphic and commentary was correct, but I did want to point that out because it is a reminder. I mean, if, if Haney was really trying to do something more historical here and, you know, he's jumped around a little with promoters and if he's making more money, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not being critical of him at all with that, but just saying like, he's not exactly tied, you know, he hasn't exactly been tied up or he was fighting with top rank. He had the Lomachenko fight. So it's, it's not like a Tio Fimo fight in theory was unmakeable. And he's, you know, going over to fight a guy who had signed with Hearn in Pro Gray. And, you know, ranking 17 weight classes, you know, Pro Gray is, you know, even though not the champion at 140, near the top of that. But, it, but it, again, it does come to the too many weight class thing uh, with that as well. So what I'm getting at is it, it's – that's the downside of it. But the, the plus side is like we said before the fight, Christian, I'll say it again. After the fight, the argument here in Devin Haney's favor, the similar type of argument that's in Canelo's favor. A lot of the time is like, I'm pointing out, well, there really was better fights for Haney at, you know, lightweight, 135 pounds where he was the champion. He was the guy that's the champion. Right. Uh, but you also had Teofimo Lopez as the guy at 140 right there, and, this, and instead he's fighting Regis Progray. That's the downside. But the upside is the Canelo factor I'm bringing out where Canelo takes criticism that can often be unfair is, and, and this is the same, like what I just pointed out with Devin Haney, where Devin Haney can legitimately come back and say, yeah, but look at who I've fought compared to everybody else in my last four fights. Camboso's twice for the lineal undisputed title, uh, you know, Vasily Lomachenko, who everybody's going to agree is a tough fight for the lightweight championship. And now, you know, Regis Probre, who only has one loss in his career, a fight you could argue he could have won, who, who was a guy earlier on in his career nobody was too anxious to fight uh, and who brings power and, and some skill. In other words, those four fights in a row, except for a guy like Canelo, like who else is <laughs> fighting? that level of a competition nowadays in boxing four exactly. fights in a row. And we know the answer is really nobody. So that's if I'm I can also make the argument that's what for counts. Devin Hayes. Yeah. Like I'm I'm yeah, going kind of really historical counts. argument, but that's often where to me Canelo wins the argument. is like, you know, they say for Canelo, well, you know, he could have been fighting Benavidez and oh he's not fighting but when you look at who he fights and his fights compared to everybody else there's nobody really close, and, you know, Devin Haney has just completed that type, that type of a four-fight schedule. So, he, he you know, I, I can, on one hand, criticize it historically, but on the other hand, I can say, right after Canelo himself, I mean, then Haney could throw his name in there and say, hey, who else has fought four guys like I've just fought in, in my last four fights? So, don't get on me. Get on everybody else. Liam Nevin Haney Saber, uh, that's just kind of where the sport is today. Like you said, Chris. I mean, I think probably in reality the structure of the sport has, be, you know, and I, as you can tell, I hate it. Most people hate it, but the, but it's just the reality. The structure of the sport has just kind of become so destroyed in terms of true championships, true contenders. That it comes down to what you said, I think that's what we've been drifting towards for many, many years, and we're probably there more than ever. That all you really, really have now is, you know, who, who did you fight, and if if who you fought was better than who everybody else in the sport is fighting, well, then you you belong in that upper tier of pound for pound and, and at the higher levels of respect, because that's really all we've got. And in the end, we're just going to look at fighters' resume and say. who who fought, who fought the best guys overall, you know? uh, And then, you know, alphabet fans, they they try to, they try to put structure there by putting alphabet stuff on everything. And it's just, it's a joke. It doesn't fit. In other words, that, that doesn't work when you start saying he beat four world champions. You know, we all know that laughable nonsense. And he's a, he's a, he's a four weight titleist now. and that's his belt in the third weight division. It's not going to be that. I mean, that's, that's just chaos and nonsense and alphabet politics. So it's just, it, it's really just drifted towards, you know, we've diminished the titles, who, who'd who you fight and, and who'd you beat? And that's where Devin Haney at his age is probably building the right resume because that's where things are nowadays. And in the end, if you want to call that an argument, that's probably an argument he's going to win because like a Canelo, he he's going to be, on a path where he's fighting better competition than everybody else.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he in fact goes right to 147 and what's there. And like I said, the way they were talking this week, John, it, it kind of sounds like there's a deal on the table for him. Um, and even uh, both him and his dad kind of hinted at it. Eddie hinted at it, but it. I'm not saying it's with Matram per se, um, maybe Saudi Arabia. I don't, I don't really know exactly what, you know, because Bill says a lot of stuff. He, You know, he misrepresented uh, the representation for Matias, uh, bringing up Peter Kahn and, and making it seem like Matias asked for $4 million, which just that alone, you knew that was bullshit. Um, yeah. I, I, because, you I know, he's not going to ask year. for, I mean, who knows? But that that just sounded fishy right off the bat.
2: Like, come on, nobody's. I will say that. I mean, at this exact moment, because I am totally confident of it, and that's why I'm with you all the way on that, Chris. I mean, come on, no, nobody's looking to fight Mateus right now. I mean, it doesn't mean the guy can't right. be beat, but nobody's looking. Come on, with, with the with the with the, the route Haiti's taken and the the money available. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking to fight Matias right now. I mean, Tiafimo Lopez isn't. You know, Haney's not. I mean, you know, if the guy stumbles again, and 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 I'm surprised. He, as I said a couple weeks ago, I'm really surprised the way he's still able to fight for his age at that weight. But until he shows the cracks in the armor, no, nobody's nobody's looking for that. So, I, you know, I don't I don't believe that at all either. But you make a good point. I mean. I think that when they do throw out something like they're throwing out the welterweight thing now here as the week goes on, I got to admit, I do find that a bit more interesting myself because, you know, Doreen and I kind of like the historical structure for things. So it's an original division. It's one of the more glamour divisions in the sport. While I would like to see Haney fight guys like Tank and Tiafimo Lopez, also him – Compete, Haney competing in the welterweight division is kind of interesting to me. It kind of ties in with something I was thinking again. The last couple of days, I'm you know kind of throwing it out there on my own first, except for the fact that Haney talked about welterweight. I'm not saying he had this in mind, but the big if is if he can get out of the Spence rematch. I still think a creative opportunity for a for a a Devin Haney, you know, a Tank Davis would be, you fight Terrence Crawford at welterweight now, because even though he just totally bent and, you know, embarrassed him basically, uh, even though Spence showed heart in the fight, Crawford, you know, is over age 35. Um, he originally was a lightweight. So he, he's a guy that's come up from, you know, your division basically I mean, he. but yet he's on the top of the game. You know, he's recognized as pound-for-pound pound number one. He's undefeated, undefeated, you know, the reality is, you know, undisputed welterweight champion. Take him on now and beat him. And, I mean, the boost to your legacy is immeasurable, and it might be the time to get him where he hasn't flipped yet, but just, you know, nobody beats father time. And you look at his age and the fact that, in other words, it's not that he's he's been a welterweight and he's a he's a real huge guy that spent his whole career at welterweight. You know, he was a lightweight, so you know he's got that lateral structure. Now he, the guy's over thirty-five. He, he's being regarded at a high point of his career, but this this to me would be the time to take him on in a big money fight and enhance your, the younger guy. You know, using the age as an advantage and enhance your legacy, like a a Haney taking that step or a tank, you know, tank said it. And then LRB said, Oh, he didn't mean it and everything. And, you know, I think tank meant it and then his own camp just talked him down into, Oh, you know, retract this talk of Crawford because we've got other things in mind for you. But you know, like, look, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but I think some of this ties in. That's just why I'm jumping into it now. Chris, like you know, the Amazon deal is coming up. They're talking, okay, we're going to have a big pay-per-view in March. You and I have been pretty much the only ones saying this because other people don't want it, but we both believe it, and I still do, even right now. I mean, even though we might want something else, tank kicking off the Amazon series with like an ESOC cruise in March. But then what I'm saying is not that we want this, you got to wait, you got to wait. But what if he got that out of the way in March, and then he said, I want Crawford or something like that, and they got it done before the right. end of the year on another Amazon – like a huge fall Amazon Prime pay-per-view, PBC? That would, yeah, I, I think that that would be a reasonable scenario. Now you've got the contractual Spence rematch, but nobody wants that fight. Nobody wants that fight, and they can't. Figure out what weight they want yeah, to it at. Yeah, just Spence.
1: That's about it. <laughs> <Just> Spence, <monster.
2: laughs> yeah, Spence and Derek James. Nobody else. Nobody else wants it except there's two people: Spence and uh, Earl Spence and Derek James. And it's gotten a little quiet lately. I mean, I'm almost wondering. I don't. And even though I've always been a Spence fan, I don't want to be like it's wishful thinking. But it's gotten so quiet. I'm almost thinking like, are they rethinking it? You know, maybe are they thinking? Hey, right. Are, he, are they really? Hit it? Yeah, exactly. Is this the pivot? Like, do we really, really want this? I would hope that maybe that's what they're thinking. So I actually think, you know, because Crawford's talking Canelo and, and, you know, the Jermell Charlo's diminished now. I'm not saying we wouldn't care, but it's diminished. Canelo, I mean, you know, could they find a way to sell it and they got the PBC deal? Yeah, but You had, you know, Jermell not have a good effort against them, and then, you know, Crawford, another smaller guy, taking a shot. I mean, you know, I'd be curious. I'm not saying Crawford's going to win it or anything, but but I'm starting to think, like, Crawford should be, you know, looking down, like, keep that welterweight, you know, lineal undisputed title, lineal most importantly at this point. I mean, nobody's going to – Incredibly, claim he's not champ. Maybe maybe you take on a Haney, or a uh, if that could be worked out, or a or a tank. Maybe if Tank takes one warm up at the beginning of this pay per view deal or something like that, and have a big fight in the fall, uh, rather than you know try to try to stretch into a Canelo fight.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know, man. It's like. It's contracted, so Crawford's kind of stuck into it, like you said, unless it is Spence and his team kind of rethinking it and saying, hey, let's get a fight, let's get a good win, and then maybe get the rematch or something like that. Don't go right into it. Um, But who knows? Yeah, that's that's tough to say. That would be a big fight for Haney. And then, you know, you could at least put, you know, a nice chunk of change uh, to both of them because at this point, you know, Crawford, we don't know his exact pay-per-view status, but it would definitely sell, that's for sure. I mean, right. it would do a really big gate and all that. So, yeah, I don't know. That would be that would be great, though. Um, my guess is um, that he's going to go up and, and get that Barrios belt, the, the Haney, um, because, you know, it's vacant, and, and you assume Crawford's going to go to 54 so that'll come free. That's just my hunch. Um, like I said, though, it does seem like they already have a plan, uh, Haney. And right now, Bill is just talking all that noise, just kind of putting everything out there like a promoter does. Um, and you know, when I ta- I've already gotten some messages. I'm just talking about Bill right now because he's, you know, he's a lot of times one of the mouthpieces for uh, Devin. and He's got a job to do, and, and Eddie Hearn. Says all sorts of stuff. I mean, look at Bob Aaron when he talked about Loma, excuse me, Loma in the past. Like he would, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao skip by Roy Jones, skip by the, you know, the the four kings, and try to put Manny Pacquiao and Ali in the same sentence. He's the best fighter <laughs> I've ever, you know, promoted. Yeah, but that's that's his job. You know, he's doing his job. So I'm not trying to be hard on Bill. Um, I think he's just out there. He's saying he's making sure everybody knows that they're a free agent right now. They don't have a contract signed right now. And but yet, I don't know. You know, I, they're making phone calls talking about what we tried to, we already tried to get Matias. And it just, I don't know. It, it just sounds like he's making a bunch of noise. And then we're in the, in the coming weeks, we're going to say he's got a free fight deal. Yada, yada, yada. Um, any other items from that? Um, from that undercard that you'd like to uh, talk about before we get to the uh, Ramirez Espinoza, which turned out to be a really fun fight.
2: Well, just you mentioned Paro, and uh, he brought more than I expected. I mean, Love, like you said, you know, he, he kind of peaked on that Triller Baranchek, and everybody was highly regarding him, and he got signed by Hearn, and you know, had that mishap ill, and for for Paro to you know take him out like that. That was pretty impressive. Um, said this before, maybe it's just like one of those cyclical type things. You go back like 10 years ago, uh, Australian boxing had really gotten low. I mean, they're, they're fighters that were, were kind of traveling around, were, were getting you know blown out and you know really not competitive in a, in a lot of uh, bigger name fights, you know, like when they were in the U.S got coming over and things and it's like over the now it seems like over the last ten years it, it's 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 been the opposite it's it's like they it, like i said it might have just been a cycle but if australian boxing came back at least in terms of what talent it had it might not even numbers like i said just cycle but of course you know your your their biggest name now really tim zoo but you know you've you've seen a you've seen a lot of others in recent years like uh you know you just had had Parrow with this uh this um this good performance and and there's uh there's definitely been others uh and it's you know you had Liam Wilson gave Navarrete a tough tough fight when he dropped him when you know nobody was really expecting that um and there's been there's just actually been a lot of others in recent years and uh it's been uh it's just been kind of uh surprising the way the Australians have uh have been competing better you know in in recent years compared to where they were say like 10 years ago
1: yeah no doubt about that uh, um on to the ESPN um, I did think, like I mentioned, that Espinosa would um, give, you know, Ramirez a little little trouble early because of the height and the aggressiveness. I thought he'd get a little bit wide. And, 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 and you know, sure enough, he, he did. He got countered and dropped really hard. But he got up. And Rafael wanted more. And he just kept coming and coming. It was a great fight all the way down the stretch, fun fight to watch. Um, I did give it to Espinosa. I gave it to a 7-5. I thought he won the fight. Um, what would you think of that? Because, like I said, I was a little surprised that, uh, you know, he was that game. I thought once R- R- Ramirez got him good like that and he was hurt more than once, I thought, okay, it, it's going to be over or... There's really no way he's going to mount the comeback again off of that. And and I, you wouldn't even really call it a comeback per se because I had him in the lead until the knockdown, and then Ramirez, you know, won several rounds in a row. But that last stretch, you know, including the knockdown he scored, um, that was fun. That was a whole lot of fun, John.
2: Yeah, this was a shocker. I mean, you, you just have to say it. This, this was a shocker that nobody really saw coming, and this this is not the majority. This is by far the minority, but this is why – and it's not necessarily that's good, even though you got something like this that was great, but this is the exception, not the rule. But it's like the flip side of that day against Garcia the week before, and I did compare these two fights just in that sense where you had somebody – you know, Duarte in the fight against Garcia and Espinosa in this fight against Ramirez, they had a really good record, you know, a high KO percentage, but it was just against nobody. And they weren't a legit nobody had them as legit top ten fighters. So there's always that maybe one out of ten time that the guy with the with the really good record and KO percentage who hasn't fought anybody turns out to be talented and just didn't get the chance to fight anybody good. But the record's not a mirage. In other words, they they really are good. They're really for real. They just hadn't fought anybody. So we didn't know it. But most of the times, like nine times out of 10, it's a fighter, the record's puffed up. And this is the first time they're fighting somebody good. And they're not up to the task because they haven't fought anybody good. And the record was just fluff. So it's, that's what I'm probably getting here. The X factor was just that Espinosa was very tall for a featherweight. But still, it turned out it was that one out of ten shot where the where the fighter that's not well known, who has a great record in KO percentage but hasn't fought anybody, turns out to be for real. But like you said, Chris, during the course of the fight, that was surprising because you had Ramirez, who if you thought he was going to stumble, it was going to be for not – not landing power punches, you know, maybe falling back and relying on boxing too much and not being active. And while that might've been while he was losing the majority of the rounds in the end and losing the fight, he did do power punching when he was putting legitimate hurt on. And then you wouldn't, by the same token, think another surprise that he's the boxer. And even though he almost had his guy out of there with a big shot, then in the end, the boxer who usually isn't getting touched, he, he, gets, he gets dropped. He gets dropped down the stretch in the end. So you had surprises within a surprise, which that was all good. That's all great value for the fans' money on you know, ESPN, and really ESPN Plus in the long run proven to be a pretty good value uh, in the modern era uh, when you compare it with other products. So that that all good, but the, the negative part, not for West Coast fans uh, and Espinosa, you know, being Mexican, you figure you are getting more fans on the West Coast generally in that type of situation where then they're seeing at a better time. But, you know, still for East Coast fans watching, you know, something that turned out to be a great fight, you know, again, falling into that black hole where it's going on so late, how many people are seeing it, and even though we moved on for it, gotta mention it too, because I think it hasn't been mentioned enough. Like, yeah, Haney, you know, trying to build a profile and all this, but you're you're on a zone pay per view that was seventy four ninety nine for people who aren't subscribed to the zone. I mean, that's a black hole. I mean his his top his last top rank Pay per view did less than one fifty you know that's e s p n promoted I mean can you imagine what the numbers were on this nobody's nobody saw that so again, you know how how much do you build? you know you get a great win, but how much do you build and for Espinosa, of course, it was a performance that got him on the radar screen and and uh he's he's getting more exposure just the mere fact he's on e s p n and e s p n plus even though it's running late. But you just you just wish some of these fights were were better placed. And and when they're on the app, there's just no. I've said it before. Gonna say it again. There's just now this was on the app and regular ESPN. But when you've got the app available, it, there's just it's just even less reason for it to be running late because you're not constrained to the old you know, time frame. Like in time other slot, words, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the space is limitless. You're you're streaming. That's the that's the part of the idea. Of switching over to streaming, that you know you could you know you could have 50 college basketball games on at one time, which they now do. Of course, and things like that, and 10 NHL games and you know whatever. Right. The, so you, know, you you don't you know the the fight. In other words, you can have the fight start streaming at say eight o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Eastern and on at the same time as other things, you don't have to worry about it. So I don't, I I just, they've got their reasons, but I I don't, for the sport, the lack of exposure to me, to me just keeps being troubling, especially then when you do get a a good fight like Ramirez and Espinosa, and it's not as widespread. It's it's got a chance to be seen by more people, you know, on the apps that, that don't have as much exposure yet, but still not as much as you'd like, but it, it was a breakout performance by Espinosa. And, you know, I put him right in the top of the, near the top of the legit feather rankings at this point. So breakout for him. And for Ramirez, all that momentum after the first pro loss, you know, got, got derailed, you know, a huge upset. He was one of them, minus 1,100 favorites. So, you know, that, that's, that's just a massive upset.
1: Well, and John, to your point, you know, having ever since for quite a while now, well over a year, um, you know, we've we've been able to have the ESPN Plus straight up. You don't need to have ESPN. And to your point, you know, it's not like there was a bunch of worthy fights on the card, right? Like right. That the co-feature wasn't a great matchup or anything like that, right? No. So, you could have had that stuff taking place, like you said, and then by the time the Heisman, you know, ceremony's done, boom, you go right to the main event, and it exactly. goes right there. And we always know the biggest number. Well, I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, the biggest number when it's a sizable number like this is a lot of times right at the start of the broadcast. It's not always yeah. that it peaks later. You know what I mean? And I think in the numbers... With those
2: lead-ins, like the Heisman lead-in, it's been peaking early. And, like, again, give PBC credit because for this era of boxing, he did become a star. Said it a million times. Got to keep saying it. Like, when PBC ran Spence and Bundu when Spence was coming up to the U.S. Olympic gold medal game. No walk-ins, no prelim bout. Right, in the ring. It's been right in the ring. Game ended, they were right in the ring, and Spence was seen by – I know it was at least over $6 million on NBC. So that's what we're talking about. You don't go to Zayas against an unknown who's got no chance.
1: And then you got a big and gap between that. Right. You know, there's usually a big gap between that. But t- to your point, so it was actually – the Heisman was actually up this year as far as ratings. $2.3 million it averaged, right, which that's up from the last few years. And the, the the whole card averaged 536. I don't know the peak number, don't know the peak number, but the card itself, I mean, that's telling you that they're not holding the audience. Because right. if you look at the other ones, which actually kind of surprised me, the last couple that they've had, these college football lead-ins or this one, it's kind of surprised me how low the number is. In fact, I have the numbers from last year. Last year, the Heisman was 1.67, and they were able to have almost like uh, 952 average through the whole thing, and it peaked just below. Uh, actually, that was the main event. The three-hour card averaged 840 then the year before in 2021 it actually was a 1.85 lead in and Lomachenko was on that and that averaged a a million and went to 1.2 um and so that 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 kind of really plays to your point especially when you got guys that haven't you know been there done that and made events constantly where they're a must-see, where someone's going to wait through fights and stuff like that. And at the same time, you're going head-to-head with uh, the Lakers, you know, uh, on ABC. Right. So,
2: you yeah, know, other teams,
1: stuff yeah. going on that night, you know. So, that was a disappointment. with was such a great fight, too.
2: Yeah, these are missed opportunities. These are really missed opportunities because you want to get that lead into get some of these fans to see a great fight where, where maybe – some of them tune in again if they're the, the rare few that are watching that aren't hardcore boxing fans. I mean, that's, that's ideally what we're trying to do. And, you know, this, this ESPN deal was originally supposed to be like when, when PBC had made the move and then Aram knew, you know, we, we got to build up some people that are going to be able to sell pay-per-views as well. And since that was the intent of it, it's it's not leading to anybody like that. You know, you look at the pay-per-views they've run and the numbers. Reminded me another thing I wanted to get to, Chris, I keep forgetting to mention the last couple of weeks, it's not something, well, in a way it's currently happening because he is fighting this month. You know, if you wanted to, you know, people say, oh, talk about the good in the sport. I think some of the good in the sport in recent years, when you compare it to how everybody else has done, and there's camps that just hate each of these guys, and, and I think that's maybe why it's not built up as much as it should be, is, like, the Wilder Fury trilogy. Uh, you had a very exciting, you know, first fight coming in about even money uh, on, on regular, you know, Showtime. Um, then you had, you know, pay-per-view cooperative uh top ranked PBC where, you know, Fury pulled a surprise, came in heavy and bullied Wilder, wasn't competitive in the ring, but it was a shocker and it did I thought with all that promo, we'd all hoped it did more, but again, look at what, whatever where everything else is nowadays. It did like eight fifty. And then, you know, coming off the pandemic, you had Wilder, Fury three, one of the greatest fights of all time, one of the greatest heavyweights of fights of all time. I mean anybody that knows the history of boxing and seen it all knows it it stacks up there and coming off a pandemic it did what like 550 or something like that again when you see what everything else has done but i mean look at that trilogy compared to every everything else out there except
1: for and yes, that's coming off of a scene. one-sided fight too in the rematch right. remember so that right. not a lot of in a long break because of the the litigation
2: right i mean i mean like this stacks up historically and and for for this era it the fights did better than than most everything else is doing and you know people want to see wilder fight i mean like you know i mean i know people are going to be curious about him fighting on the 23rd even if they don't want to pay that money out but there's going to be buzz and talking and you know fury's a showman and You know, that's why I thought it was tragic, really, not to sound overly dramatic, that that Fury messed around with this Nagano thing because, you know, not necessarily taking it, but then not being prepared and everything and not just blowing the guy out of there because, again, the the Fury-Wilder trilogy in the ring and the rivalry and then how it really did compare to almost everything else is one of the good things in the sport that's happened in recent years, and because you have people that hate Wilder, people that hate Fury, it, it, it seems like that that alone keeps it from maybe getting regarded like it should. But I think it will. You know, it's going to be one of those things. A few years down the road, people will all, all, already be flipped to man. Remember the good Remember the good old days where we had the Fury Wilder. Right. Trilogy and they showed heart and they, you know, they really went at it, man. And that, that was that stuff was great. You know, give me that. Like, I think we will hear that in a few years. But I'm saying, if you want to talk good, maybe look at something like that. I thought, if I had to point out something good, I actually would look at the Fury Wilder trilogy. Um, but there, there there hasn't hasn't been hasn't been that much else. Hasn't really been that much else, and a lot of missed opportunities.
1: All right, so let's talk about Bam and Sonny. Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards, um, obviously taking place on the zone this weekend. Well, you know, there's a little to discuss. Obviously, Showtime, you know, uh, with their final card, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, uh, you know, montage they have. I wouldn't. I'm sure they're going to obviously have a montage. I don't know how if it's going to be five minutes, ten minutes, a couple minutes. I, I would have liked them to maybe next week, um, maybe that's something they'll announce. But maybe do like a thirty-minute, you know, showtime thing. That'd be pretty cool. But I'm not, I remember HBO's was like ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes. I can't remember. But uh, we'll talk. You know, other stuff with that comes because you know there, there's some interesting fights, but it's not doesn't uh take precedent that's for sure um and, and jake paul, paul returns on normal to zone on friday pro box is wednesday but the big one bam rodriguez versus sunny edwards how do you see this one uh, you know coming out because you do have Bam rodriguez who had you know those first couple fights in a row where he just came out of not came out of nowhere a lot of people knew him but as far as like um you know who he was you know who he had fought at the time. We we had heard about this guy. We you know you see sparring. You, you hear uh, Garcia. You hear a bunch of talk about him the whole time, basically. Um, but you know, once he came on the scene, he really made like he put put the hardcores on notice. And he definitely. I mean, he's only eighteen and zero. Doesn't have a ton of fights, but those uh, the the Carlos cuadros. And uh, Rungvisai, like those were impressive performances. Now you know we could talk about you know their age and where they're at and all that, but at that time you're like, wow, he's really looking great. Um, and then his last two fights, although he's won very cleanly, um, maybe the Gonzalez one was a little tighter, uh, but I thought he, he you know he beat Hernandez as well, but. You know, there's been some, especially when it pertains to this style of matchup, when he had to go get the guy and cut off the ring, he wasn't as sharp. He wasn't able to be such a fluid puncher. He wasn't able to get inside and use those angles because he's great at using angles. Cutting off the ring is a little bit different. Obviously, that's something that they've been having to work on for this fight because we know Sonny, gets stick and move all day. Um, what are your thoughts here? Obviously, activity generally goes to Bam. Um, Sonny, though, will definitely, I think, he'll have to not just worry about scoring points or anything. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to, you know, jab and grab like we were talking about earlier. But what's your thoughts on this one? Because I'm seeing Sonny, you know, kind of all over the place, a, a plus 160 and above, a little, a little below. What are your thoughts? Break this one down for me.
2: I actually don't think this is going to be as tough of a fight for Bam Rodriguez as most people think. And I think, to me, the odds are even a little bit close. Uh, I saw, just before we went on, wanted to check. I saw Rodriguez at minus 200. And um, I think that that's a pretty good number to feel good at betting on Rodriguez. He, he's he got more – now. You're know, fighting at flyweight, where just in general you've got less pop, so you're, you're going to generally get less knockouts, um, less power punches hurting the opponents than you know other divisions. Not that of course that it can't happen, but in in this fight, within the fact that under consideration it's flyweights, Rodriguez has got a big power advantage. I mean, even even for a flyweight, Edwards. Has no power. I mean, he he just he's actually, you know, like just about even underpowered as a flyweight. You know, even though he's considered at the top of the division. Um, again, there's a lot of weight classes uh, within a few pounds, and this is, you know, the lowest of the traditional original eight flyweight. So, legit division, but you've got all kinds of watered down nowadays with and you've got a 108 you don't need, a 115 you don't need. And, you know, Bam, of course, was even fighting at the 115, and now he's back down to flyweight, traditional class 112, and he had fought at 108. So you've got, you know, it's, it's it gets spread all over and watered down, and I think that's where you always have to get into this analysis and get deeper. And my feeling on this one is that, I just think Rodriguez just just is more talented. I don't think he takes a backseat in boxing skill, and he's got a lot more pop. Um, and then Edwards has got to come over and fight in Arizona, so he's got to be on the road for this one, which for any fighter is a disadvantage. You know, in fairness to Edwards, you know,
0: yeah, I, I
2: probably probably over time hadn't looked at it enough. You know, I mean, like if 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 Bam did have to go over to the UK and fight, you know, he'd He'd be at a bit of a disadvantage, and and I'm going to have to be fair and sometimes say, as you know, an American fan, sometimes because you know we're looking at ourselves as the centerpiece. And Vegas did always bring the most money generally, and and get fighters coming over, and then fighters station themselves over here to train. But you know, the guys got to come on the road. It does put him at a bit, a bit of a disadvantage. So I'm thinking, you know, Edwards underpowered even for a flyweight. He's got to hit the road now. In Bam's home territory, I agree with your analysis of Bam's last two uh, fights, Chris. And it, it is somewhat styles, but I think this—I've got to project—and you're you're kind of getting in in his head. You don't know for certain, but I got a feeling in the last couple after those bigger, you know, names and Quadras and beside I don't I don't think he was quite up for those last couple fights. I think this one. Um, you know, Hearn's pumped it up enough, and and making it a big fight at least for Dzoun, and you know, of course, uh, you know Bam wanted to sign with uh, Eddie Hearn, and and that that was the choice he wanted to make that move. So, uh, you know, Hearn's got a miss fight. Uh, they they've been you know within the world of Dzoun and Hardcore is building it up, you know, from the time it it got signed. So I think he'll be up for this one, and. I gotta, you know, from a betting perspective, I gotta say this because just in general, KO props for lighter weight fighters like flyweights are normally really bad bets. Um, But I'm gonna stretch it one step further, and you know, you had Bam able to get out, get a durable uh, 115 pound guy like B-Sai out of there, as you pointed out, Chris. Yes, he's little bit up in age, but still uh, he has got that he's got that kind of power. Uh you know, he he'd shown it before that, you know, watching him coming up even at one oh eight, you know, you could see his power. Uh I I think I saw I wanted to check this and I got curious. I said, Well what, what's what's a ban by K O here? Is plus four fifty? I thought I kinda like I kinda like that. I mean I'm not saying he's like I said, generally KO props at lower weights like flyweight, I don't like at all. But I thought for plus four fifty, I, I might even go that far. Uh, you know, like you said, Edwards a boxer, uh, that's already his game. But I, I'm just wondering if, if uh, you know, Bam with more pop, and he's got some skill that that if he just keeps after him and, and keeps kind of running them down, and, and he's got more pop anyway that that. It's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, Edwards folds before the twelve. Uh, you know, maybe maybe in the second half of the fight. I just think for a plus four fifty, maybe not a bad maybe not a bad flyer. And then I I think for just straight minus two hundred on Bam, I kind of I, I kind of like those odds. I think that's a pretty good play.
1: And so you I'm think going, late? You said right.
2: Yeah, You're I would say late. late. I don't like to go. I don't like to go late stoppages either because there's just less of them. But, but you're going against the grain where you, a flyweight KO of upper-level right. flyweight fighters to be late, which there's always lesser chance. But I just think at plus 450, that that might not be a bad flyer here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't miss and maybe make that your main bet. But I think you got – I'm looking at something like Rodriguez to win at minus 200, and then I might – Sprinkle a little on plus a little sprinkle. There you go. K.O. <laughs> sprinkle on the plus 450 fifty k. I I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I think it's a really close fight. I'm I a little closer than what you're saying, but I, I can see that. I mean, the whole getting up thing does make sense. And I remember the, the two fights ago, he did kind of fight, fight, fight in a short amount of time. Uh, and, you know, you go much longer rounds-wise. So uh, he did say, I need a little break. And, and at times he looked good in his last fight, but at times not as much. But the power, you know, or lack thereof, of Sonny, it's pretty troubling. You know, that that's right. that's a low punch-out rate. Or not punch-out rate, but, but, you know, power punch. I mean, that's, that's really low. Um, there's guys that... Don't have a lot of you know how much pop does he have? Can he keep him off the whole fight? Right. Um, you know that is an interesting point, and we have seen him on the ropes before and get hit himself uh, pretty cleanly. So yeah that that that'll be that'll be interesting, no doubt about it. Um, any other items from uh, you know this weekend coming up, or obviously what we could talk about the uh, you know give your thoughts on. At least uh preliminary thoughts until we see the product with the the p b c and the uh, amazon product well I'll just
2: touch, I'll just touch real briefly, uh which does lead into that you know the end the end of showtime i mean morell i do i think you know fighters will take any fight for the money, but with that always said first, I do think morell is one of those guys nobody really wants to fight, and this they'll fights a complete mismatch. Uh, even though Showtime's wrapping up, just for a main event, especially, I mean, you you look what you look what Morel did to you know poor Sunni, who really proved to be a good fighter, but seriously injured uh, late in the bout with the KO in that fight. And you look, even though you could have, uh, obviously it was predictable, but then the vicious blowout of of Falcao right off. I mean Morel's. You know, he he's looking to entertain and get people out of there, which is helping his marketability. It's not helping other people get in the ring with him, but like this this is a mismatch. Right. This is like a bad this is a bad mismatch. I mean, I I'm not I never you know, you never hear me say this, but like I was looking you know, thinking about it today and, and just looking back at a, a Beko's record and, you know, Morel with those last two KOs and I'm thinking like I don't I don't I know showtime's getting out but I I don't know if I'd feel too comfortable putting this as a main event. I mean this this is a this is a bad this is a bad mismatch and and you know Morel's really hurt the last two guys he's fought. Um and th- and this guy's you know you know this guy's you know he he's not as good as Yobosuni, Um so uh, this, uh, I, I just think it's an ugly mismatch. Morel's the real deal, but this this is kind of an ugly mismatch to be putting on. Never mind finishing out on. It's the other side of the coin on the undercard. Colbert Valenzuela really hasn't been getting talked about enough. I mean, yeah. that's a mismatch. That's a mismatch. We need excuse me, a rematch. I am of the first fight. Yeah, the First fight's yeah. the mismatch. This is the rematch. Uh, one mismatch, uh-huh. one rematch. This is a, this is a rematch that's warranted. I think that Colbert, Colbert got a gift in the first fight, but understanding he got a gift, I don't think he got enough credit for the heart he showed in the first fight. I mean, I no mean, he, doubt. Got caught with, no doubt. he got caught with a bomb and, you know, easily could have not gotten up for it or that could have been the end. And not only did he survive, he then had to go flat-footed. Uh, you know, he's a boxer without... Pop and he had to go flat footed to try to get himself back in the fight. Uh, and he, you know, he, he was competitive and he battled flat footed the rest of the way, got the decision. I don't think he deserved it, but he showed a, a ton of heart in that fight. I think he deserved a lot more credit for the heart he showed in that fight uh, than he got. And for Valenzuela, even though maybe it was his own fault in the, the loss to De Los Santos, I mean, he had De Los Santos down. I think. You know, he was going to get him out of there, and he got caught with a bomb, and and he ended up getting taken out. And then in this Colbert fight, he dropped Colbert hard, almost had him out of there. I thought certainly did enough to still get the decision. He didn't get it. I I feel like even though he's very young, kind of a hard luck fighter. I mean, um, a couple moments away, or you know, from being undefeated, and uh, you know, so this is really an opportunity for him to make a statement that like look I got I had a little bit of bad luck go against me in these uh these two losses but you know I I'm somebody who you got to consider a threat you know more with those top lightweights it's it's an opportunity for him to do that uh, for Colbert the tough part is I don't know what happened I really don't because it happened you know really that Garcia fight was such a shocker that he lost and and all his elusiveness and and boxing ability just seemed to be gone, and and we saw that again against Valenzuela, even though he showed all the heart in the world. So, you know, I I don't know I don't know what happened to it, and and I I wouldn't think, frankly, he could get it back. So, uh, I would have to go with Valenzuela making a statement in this rematch. Uh, give Colbert credit for for taking the fight and and trying to prove he is the better fighter, even though uh, that first fight that first win was controversial. But I don't. I just don't know how he does it. You know, I I just don't know if you could recapture that elusive boxing that he had that just seems to have evaporated because he's not a power puncher. So um, I find that fight very interesting, but the main event's a, a, a mismatch. So it's a mixed bag, and like you said, they're wrapping up. And to me, this really is significant because it is the end of Showtime, but it's also, with HBO already out, it was HBO and Showtime, this is the end of the premium cable era which was the era that really gradually took over for boxing for about, a, you know, for, for almost a 40-year period. You know, you go from, like, I know HBO existed before that, but it wasn't a big deal on the in, on the fight scene until really the early 80s, you know, in, in my historical boxing right. judgment. Yep. and then But then the pay-per-view arm, you know, sprang from it and if you count that as part of it, which you kind of had to, they they worked it hand in hand, and that really got you know where they drove that home as the '90s went on as their main thing, and then of course you know Showtime ended up with Mayweather, you know as we went into the 2000s and you know to, as we got into the uh, you know as we got into the 2000 2010s you know when you had had mayweather coming up almost to this decade and this decade you know hbo hbo had dropped out and it was just showtime and now they're they're calling it quits um i overall even though we had our glory days and our great memories um it wasn't it wasn't a great era overall even though it's like four decades for boxing popularity because it kind of drove it down in general. In other words, you know, when you went to that premium cable era between premium cable and then pay per view and more pay per views, it it gradually drove down the overall popularity of the sport. So there were a lot of great moments that we'll all remember with, with fond memories, but wasn't a great era for, you know, building the popularity of sport. And that leads us to the latest deal, the, the Amazon deal I can then segue into because it ties in. My concern about that, I mean, I agree with people in a streaming era, the idea of Amazon being involved is kind of attractive. Right. And they own the Washington Post just to show, uh, you know, there there is other media involved. I wouldn't be surprised if PBC fighters start getting, you know, Washington Post profiles, which never hurts, uh, you know, but – Still, it, it looks to me, you know, Chris, you and I were texting about this, too. It, it just it just looks to me, though, like it looks like the deal Show left off with, um, which wasn't yeah, continuation. real continuation. Yeah, it just looks like a show continuation. And I, I think at this stage, I will agree, at this stage, Amazon's probably got more upside exposure than Show at this stage, even though – show with the Viacom CBS. They could do more if they wanted to, but they just weren't doing it. So, you know, you and I talked about that a lot. It just wasn't happening. It wasn't right. happening so much out of boxes. So they weren't going to do it. They weren't going to do it. You know, Amazon prime at this stage in the year 2023 probably does give you a little more exposure than showtime, but um, the rest of the deal it just kind of looks like where show left off a couple of regular show dates. In this case, it would be now regular Amazon prime dates, and then pay-per-views. And I, I just, that just doesn't seem to, to build viewership enough to have much of a long-term future.
1: Yeah. Cause when you hear 12 to 14, let's just use the 12 number. Is that six and six Is that one big championship, you know, non-pay-per-view, you know, uh, a quarter? Is it only – is it set up like the Fox deal where it's only four or five pay-per-views? If it's four and eight, well, okay. All of a sudden you're like, well, okay, that's a little different, especially if the content's there. You know, can they get – you know, for example – could have uh, Benavidez Andre been on the championship boxing you know uh, Series that they're talking about this now if you can get that level of fight on there, okay and, and some of the stuff we saw on NBC and It even during the Fox deal how we got you know the 154 pound division was definitely Popping on Fox, you know, I mean we had multiple good fights. They led to other fights and in, in, you know can you get that kind of quality? Can you get, will it just be Canelo and Tank on pay-per-view? And then a the mixture here and there, and that's where the 13-14 the, the comes in, uh, where it's like, okay, well, put those two together, that's a worthy pay-per-view. But other than that, we're going to have, you know, this fighter fight, this, and that's going to, you know, so that's what we got to really see to, to give a full judgment Um and we won't know until we see the product. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, the exposure, like you said, um, and it did mention distribu you know, distribution and marketing. So hopefully, uh, I don't expect them to promote the fight like you know Fox was promoting. You know, every- once a fight was done, they moved on to the next one, and there was commercials like for three weeks. You know, I, I don't necessarily expect that. Um, there's a lot of things about that fox deal that i'm still surprised giving him uh 10 um 10 prime time spots that that was crazy to me um i mean it was awesome i'm not complaining but that it just surprised me um but yeah we're, we're gonna have to find out exactly what it is because you know obviously like you said just the exposure of having 20 something million topped out at like 30 or even if you went to Paramount, it's still you know over it's it's about triple, uh, about a, a little over it's like two and a half times more. But it's about you know our, uh, the week of the fight when you open the app is is the fight poster going to be right there? Are they going to run a clip right away? Or you know what I mean? That's what we got to find out exactly how uh, heavy that marketing part is. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, and there is, I'm hearing more and more that there might be a second part to this, not Amazon and not necessarily a streaming. Um, and I'm not saying, oh, it's going to be FS one or, you know, I'm not saying that I know exactly what it is, but I am, I've heard from two decent sources now, um, that there might be a second part to this deal. Um, and that's always something we talked about when Fox deal went away. John was like, okay, is this it then? or is Paramount going to, you know, open up and take the whole roster or whatever and and they went out of their way to say they have 150 fighters on the press release that I got. So that tells you something. Um, they got 150 fighters. You know, are you going to are you talking about like a triple header or a quadruple header that it's like three out of the four fights is going to be really exciting fights or not exciting, but good matchups. Um that's that's what we got to find out. I did hear a little bit more detail, John, uh, from Dan Raphael and somebody else saying that they are going to keep that two-hour stream uh, before the pay-per-view starts. So that probably means the 6 fight lineup. And those have, in recent years, they've had some success with that at the PBC where you're like – Okay, that's four out of six fights that I like. I, could, I You know, now all of a sudden I'm getting bang for the buck, and that's something we talked about, too. If you're going to do four to six, hopefully not many more than six, um, but ho- hopefully it's in that four to six range, um, and then they stack the cards, then you're like, okay, well, if you stack the cards and then the other, let's say, seven to eight cards that year are quality fights, well, then – Now we're talking, but it's really hard to say anything more than what we've talked about. When you don't know the deal, Um, we don't even know how long it is. And, and and like I said, right now, it's just a a pretty strong rumor that there might be another outlet, but, but we'll see any other items that you'd like to talk about, sir.
2: No, just, uh, just jump on what you said, Chris, the only positive I could see maybe is might be wishful thinking, but is I when they were talking like fourteen dates, I immediately assumed we were in such a direction of pay per view that I started thinking that's probably like an eight pay per view, six regular Amazon Prime. Let, let's just say that that it was something like that. If they TVC's did six a, this year. They okay. did
1: six this year, and they didn't fit in a December one like it, it was first planned.
2: Right, I would just say that if he's going to keep the the same size roster, which I think they might, um, if they did do this deal and let's say there wasn't something else or wasn't something else very big, these cards are going to have have to to be stacked. stacked. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but but I would actually prefer that. I mean, I'm getting to where, you know, we talk about the time investment. I think that's getting to be a big factor like, you know, if you're just asking even the hardcore fans, not only to pay, but to all these weekends, take time out to watch these cards. I got a time, you know, I, as a fan, I got to start having the the whole card be good. You know, I I can't be like you mentioned, which is a perfect example. You look at like the ESPN plus fights leading up to these ESPN cards and, and they're just terrible. I mean, you just can't even invest the hours. Now, uh, not to sidetrack, but since we didn't mention it, but since we didn't mention it, you know, Bruce Carrington's a guy who is delivering, like on these cards, like he's putting on the spectacular performances. I mean, showing that kind of power as a feather, and the guy's obviously very skilled, and he's already upping his level of opposition compared to some of the other guys. So that's what you want to see as a fan if you're if if you're tuning into these cards that are droning on and. A lot of the fight's not good. I'm not saying we want, you know, Carrington blowing guys away in what proved to be mismatches all the time. But, but, you know, a guy taking care of business where you want to see him more if we're not getting the completely stacked card of evenly matched fights. But I think, you know, with this deal, if that's going to be the number of dates they have with that roster, th- these cards would have to be stacked with good fights. They I mean, would have would, to
1: be, man. Yeah, Dude, they would really they, have to be. You're talking like eight to ten fights at least as far as not all 10 are going to be awesome because you're going to have prospect stuff and maybe a guy coming back after a knockout. But yeah, I mean, it would have to be kind of like what we're talking about that six fight lineup where you're like, okay, now you're, now we're talking, you know?
2: Right. We, We need to get to more of that. We can't have these long cards with the fights with just garbage fights. I mean, a lot of these cards, like, like with know, multiple even that,
1: events for, too in one ye- in one weekend going head-to-head, head, you know
2: too. yeah with with bad cards and I'm like look that the zone undercard wasn't good the top rank undercard wasn't good and we can't we can't be having the time investments like you said and then multiple events on the same weekend I mean it's 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 just not it's, it's just a not lot. Even worth the time it's not even worth the time investment these cards have just they just plain old got to start being good not just garbage that we're trying to tell ourselves is oh it's okay no it's not really they're not okay I mean let's we we, there's got to be some good cars and I guess I'm just saying that you know at least with this deal if PBC wanted to go in that direction and and market it that way maybe that could be the plus side but like you said we're just going to have to see what the matchups are and 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 how the dates break down what they're going to be
1: Yes, sir. That's what it's all about. You got to see what the hell they're going to give us. All right. Thanks a lot, John, for extended segment. And, uh, you know, enjoy the fights. Have yourself a good weekend. All right, Chris. Great talking with you as always. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. All righty. And I am getting my it's not a messaging board but it feels like it it's like i i hit a post in the boxing scene forums back in the day and it just it's on fire right now um a lot of people with a lot of stuff to talk about okay real quick um that freaking ramirez espinoza i'm gonna get into bam and sunny in a second give my my prediction and all that talk about some other stuff talk about don't worry, we're gonna get to the Devin Haney stuff in one thirty-five or one forty, because uh, uh, some people are doubting me. I don't bullshit, guys. I just don't. I mean, I'll bullshit with you, like, hey, you want to talk and bullshit? That's cool. Or party and bullshit, right? Shots out uh, to Biggie, but like, I don't bullshit. Like, I have the evidence to back it up. I don't just fucking talk to talk. Okay, it's not clickbait stuff. I already said if Devin Haney decides he doesn't want to go to 35, that's well within his right, and I'm not going to say, oh, he's dunking. He's ducking. No, that's not me. I'm not going to say that. But if we're going to be fair about it, that's fair. But he also did say literally like three weeks ago that he'd still go to 35. So I'm just saying these are facts. Calm down a little bit. They're just facts. All right, so like I said, I thought Rafael Espinoza came out strong as hell obviously putting that pressure on um straight left hands working the body jab long as hell left hooks those uppercuts to the head the left hooks you know how how he was able to close the gap so quick um these winging counter right hand like while he's in the earmuffs you know it's i don't know dude It, it was impressive let's just put it that way um very impressive. Um, um, and, and I thought he, I thought he, I thought you could say he won the first four rounds. I, th- I thought that was okay. Or at least three out of the four. Um, he just, he was really impressive, man. The sh- like I said, I, I wasn't expecting them to be that short and that accurate. Now the last, cause he was just containing the offense, you know, um, of Ramirez. Like he was just, putting them on the on the move the whole time now I did think the last minute of the fourth speaking of containing I did kind of see him make an adjustment and it was like okay, and I marked it in my notes and sure enough, um Ramirez comes out hooks to the body um straight right hands in in a counter shot um I think it was a counter uppercut um I think it was a counter uppercut and then a left hook, I think with like maybe 30 or 40 seconds left. Um, Beautiful shots. And that looping right hook, I mean, it almost folds him. I was like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? It's a wrap. Not that I I didn't think there's no way he's getting up, but he went down hard. And obviously when you're long and lanky like that, Maybe you are going to look like you're a folding chair or something. Like you know, you'll you look a little funny when you get knocked down. But I thought, all right, this is a wrap, dude. Big right hands, several left uh, left hands as well as straight left hands, exchanging these hooks, and he was landing the better of the looping shots, getting the better of it in general. Um, and it looked like I don't know if it was in that round, the the fifth round or the sixth round, but you could tell. Espinoza's foot was given – I think it was his right foot, if I remember correctly. He's kind of – he definitely had some issues there. Sounds like he messed it up, twisted an ankle or some shit. I never actually did follow up on that, to be honest. But um, several hard shots down the – maybe the last 30 seconds or so of the seventh round, to me, that day was a big left hand in there. Um, to me, I thought, although uh, you know Espinoza got a good – Got off to a good start and had his flurries. I thought that was enough to, um, you know, to be to, – to give him the round. Gave the eighth round to Ramirez. So he's stacking up rounds. Um, and these thudding shots are starting to come out. And then in the ninth round, the ninth round was close. Could have went either way. Ramirez, you could say, more thudding right hooks and, and big shots. But I thought, the, like, throughout the, the ninth round, that's where Espinosa kind of brought that steady, pr- excuse me, steady pressure. Um, and then I-, I had him winning the rest of the rounds, obviously the 12th round. But it seemed like Ramirez, the problem with him in this one was he was pot shotting but really looking for the big counter. You know what I mean? And there was some give and take in these rounds. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just thought—I mean, he definitely buzzed him in the eleventh round. In the like the last sixty seconds, he was landing the better shots. It's not that you know, just a, a fewer nice, nicer shots, cleaner shots, busier. Um, and then you know, both landing hooks and uppercuts. Um, great exchange in the twelfth round. Um, Ramirez with the counter left, and, and just rapid fire from uh, Espinosa. It was just a fun, fun round. But, and, and he was unloading on Ramirez. I mean, he was really, really going, and, and I think I marked it down, 25 seconds up of the round. Knocks him down. Rapid fire, just going at him. And, you know, shots up to Ramirez. He, he obviously made it through. But by that time, I was like, all right, dude, this is a wrap. I had it 7 to 5. Um, the highest I could go is I would say 8 to 4. I'm not sure if it was 8 to 4. Um but uh you had 114 112 115 111 and then there was a draw in there 113, 113. Long ass time that we had to wait for those cards. That was kind of kind of kind of tricky. I will say that. Um if you look at Espinosa 179 to 101 um, actually, they just put up power shots. That's just power shots alone. 643 to 297 in power shots. Don't get me wrong. Ramirez is more accurate, like I was saying, 34% compared to 28%, but 53 to 16 on the body. Um, I mean, dude was doing his thing, man. I, I got to say, he was definitely doing his thing. He He, he landed 222 out of. Almost 1,000, 995, and he he, he out-jabbed him. I thought he won the fight. I thought it was clean. I think pretty much everybody thought that. I didn't think we really needed uh, the draw scorecard in there, but, man, that that was a fun-ass fight. And like I said, shots out to Espinosa, definitely like most of us. uh, Just thought what I saw on tape against who he was going against. Was not custom-made, but I thought that Ramirez would be able to counter him. Obviously, he did and started taking over the fight. But that's where Espinosa was like, nope, I'm fighting back, and I'm going to start winning rounds, and I'm dropping you in the very last round. Really crazy, crazy fight, man. Um, That unbeaten prospect, Damian, uh, uh, starts with the K. Why am I... Basin. he 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 easily won against coffee michael cafe um both score or all three scorecards. i think it was like 80 to 72 and then i think one of them was 79-73 we did have a draw with uh, francisco and tucker um but you know xander zayas you know um had that little probing jab at the start of the fight. Lead right hands. Following it up with the left hook. That was the first round. He scored a beautiful left hook to the body for the first knockdown. Second one. Landed more of those big-ass right hands. Those lead right hands. Um, combinations to the head and body. Um, I think it was a left hook again. Yeah, The second knockdown was a left hook. KO. Couldn't get up. Great performance. It sounds like... He's going to be going to head up with Teixeira, Which, you know, Teixeira, pretty good fighter. Could be a spoiler. Um I just I think it's a good not just style, but just veteran. I, I like the I like the fight. It sounds like that's gonna be in February. I do like that as a step up for Xander Zayez. Um and I'm I'm looking forward to see him back in the ring. Um well before I get to to Bam and Sonny. Just kind of talking about that Colbert and um, in, in, in Ryo fight. I mean, that early knockdown was just a whipping left hook during an exchange by uh, Valenzuela. Ryo landed a perfect shot. Then a couple rounds, second and third, it was like, uh, you know, he was landing more big shots and whatnot. He had uh Colbert on the ropes. Um he was digging to the body. It's weird because Colbert had this high like he like John said, he showed a lot of heart, but he it was weird. He had this high guard, but he's like pressuring behind the high guard. So he started landing his left hooks and right hands and jabs and all that. By the mid rounds, fourth, fifth round, um, you know, he actually started having some success. Lead right hands to the body and to the head. Definitely still in attack mode, you know, with kind of just butting his way in in a sense, not head butting, but it was kind of a weird to see him in that. It's like he need, he knew he needed to, to close the gap. He didn't want to exchange, so he just got behind that high guard and just forced his way through. Um, Bell's way with those uppercuts and body work was really impressive. Later in the fight, you know, that left hook, kind of just outworking him was Ryo. Um and, and then, and I saw a recent, I think it was on Fight Hype, I saw a recent interview, and although he still had plenty, you know, some flurries and stuff, I remember in the eighth round there was a nice flurry, um, he did begin to tire. He got a little tired, got a little gassed out, and, um, you know, it, Colbert got back in the fight through heart. He was still taking big shots, but he was still coming. I did think Ryo won the fight. Um because if you look at like you know, body work, thirty to fourteen, I'm looking at it right now. Jabs Colbert, forty two to fifteen. Power shots one seventeen to seventy seven. Um Ryo was even more accurate. I, I thought he won the fight. I think he's gonna win the second fight. Um, it will be interesting to see, though, if that high guard is is what Chris Colbert is gonna or Cobert gonna gonna fight. I'm not I'm not sure about that. And when we're talking about Sonny, just to go on there, I think you know, obviously Dave Morrell Jr. I'm just looking for rounds. I hope this fight gets him rounds because that's he needs a step up, but he also needs rounds. And if he's gonna be in this type of fight. Let's hope he gets rounds. He went, I think he went rounds with uh, Shishkin, if I remember correctly. Um, Who else did he? Because he had that nice performance on Showbox. Was it again Sheen? Or who the hell was it? Let me check real quick. Um, he, He has been TKO'd. Yeah, Shishkin, he went 10 rounds with him. I remember he won maybe a round or two tops. Maybe not even two rounds, actually. He he got stopped a long time ago, 2014, in a six-rounder. So I wouldn't really look too much in that. That's what it was. Isaiah Steen. Um, He really performed well in that. Like I said, I'm not trying to act like he's going to, you know, win the fight or something like that. But um, I just want rounds for him. (laughs) I know that sounds bad, but it's true. I mean, in this scenario, um, and, and so obviously the Sonny Edwards-Rodriguez, that's a closely matched fight on the cards. You see Sonny plus 160 all the way up to William, I think it's plus 192. Is there any higher than that? Plus 150, plus 163, that weighs plus 150. MGM's plus 175. Where do they have the, okay, so it's basically, yeah, it's an even fight. Uh, Colbert and Venezuela. Like when you look at DraftKings, minus 110 a piece, FanDuel minus 112. So, um, now, Kenneth Smith Jr., I thought stylistically Santiago and Sims Jr. would be fun to watch. I'm almost positive that's not happening. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty sure that's not happening. Now, we do have a really random fight um, <laughs> in uh, the much delayed, um, fight, a great fight, you know, a long time ago between uh, Guerrero and Berto. Because remember, Andre Berto, it's his fault, remember? It's his fault why HBO went out because they gave Berto so much money. That's the one thing that's so funny. Oh, he killed HBO Dog. It had been like five years since uh, you know, he had been kicked off the network. So They had five years to do something after that. But yeah, people are always blame Birdo. It's Birdo's fault. Um, like I mentioned, Jake Paul's fighting as well. We'll get into... We're not going to break that fight down. But you know, it's, it's nice that it's at least on the zone and it does seem like he's kind of building up as an actual boxer. We'll see. But anyway, southpaw stance by Bam, Bam, Bam Rodriguez. Um, Sonny, technically orthodox, but he could definitely, you know, go go both ways, pause. Um, switch hitter. You know, when you think of Sonny, you think of defense, you think of uh, movement, right? He's got pretty quick feet. The lateral movement, he's definitely going to need it here. They both have good jabs. I'd say Sonny, is he needs two things: punch on the move, so scoring points with it, and then also just stalling the offensive Bam. Maybe hesitant, maybe you know, just just kind of catching him in his tracks a little bit. Not that you're going to continue to hurt him or whatever, but I I think that's that's going to be needed. Um, You know, target the body because when Bam. Is trying to cut out the ring. He does use the high guard. We've talked about the, a fair amount here the last two weeks, um, because Regis would you know have that high guard too. And and I think you know Bam, like he he when he's in that high guard and coming forward, kind of like Regis, he does reach a little bit. So the counter punching, um, the jab through the high guard or target the body. Just basically punch where there's an opening at score points, and stay pretty active. Because when you think of bam, you think of fluid punches, you think of work rate, you think of that good jab, you also think of those angles, whether it's up close, using those angles, kind of looking like Lomachenko getting on the outside like that, changing the angle, delivering a punch, changing the angle again, delivering a quick little combo, very fluid, like I said, at range, on the inside, that's where he wants it. And it really will be up to, you know, if in fact, which I assume if he doesn't come right out moving laterally, he's going to at some point, and a whole bunch of it, Sonny. And and he might be on his 10-speed. He might be on his moped. But that's the only thing that you see kind of these last two weeks, or two weeks, two fights, sorry, two fights is, he does have a little difficulty cutting off the ring and he is, he can get countered, you know? So when he's the aggressor, sometimes, you know, it's like he's open to the jab score points. Like I said, contain him. Um, ultimately though, I think it's, it's going to be a very competitive fight. I think activity, um, like eventually using those angles and getting inside for Bam, I think Bam's gonna beat him because at some point he'll cut the distance, he'll close the gap. Once he does that, he's gonna win rounds cleanly, I think. Um but I don't think it's as wide as what John was saying. Now those three knock or three knockouts, you know, isn't great, right, for Sonny. That that's low, And in this type of fight, you know, I mean, what was it? Was it the Alvarado fight? A lot of people, someone just messaged me. Yeah. Felix Alvarado competitive fight over 12 rounds. Um, when you look at, you know, how it played out cards, someone sent me the card. Yeah. It was seven to five, eight to four. Well, it was good. It was a good fight, but you know, Alvarado is a different style though, too, you know, so it's not going to line up just like that, but that's what he's going to have to do is either stay at range or, or probably cut that that gap, that distance. Um, so some other interesting fights that are close like that. Well, actually, uh, Yoelvis or Yoannis Telles uh, is back against Navarro. Um, that is, that's on Saturday too, I believe, if I remember Um, MJ, Akhmadov, or Akhmadalev, he's going against, uh, Gonzalez, um, like, there's not that many closely matched, you know, fights like that, uh, this weekend. People are kind of forgetting Jake Paul is fighting, um, and, you know, it, it really looks like he's just, it's on normal, it's on Friday night on The Zone, Andre August, or August, um, he's ten and one. I don't mind this fight, to be honest with you, because it really does look like he's like, all right, let me just keep fighting. It's like, what is it? Eight rounder? Yeah, it's an eight rounder. Um, and what is it? I think should let me check the other card. I think Green's on here. Shadesia, uh, should Shadesia Shadesia Green? She's on there because she's taking on Cruz Zern. There's a there's a vacant title or something like that. Let me double-check here. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I kind of like that that Jake's doing it this way. I think it's beneficial. Now, if you lost this dude or the next guy that was on this level, it wouldn't maybe come across as as beneficial. But, uh, you know, I think this is like him really saying, hey, these are the fights I need. Um and then tomorrow on Pro Box we have Jun uh Jukimbaev against um God damn it, what the hell's his name? It's Mohammed uh M- Mimon or something like that. Let me let me double check here. And, you know I really like what Pro Box has been doing so far. Um yeah, it is him actually. That's right, 'cause you can buy a, like they said here in the little uh presser, just coming over coming off a split decision win and in a knockout victory in his last two. Um and his opponent is okay, he is uh he's under the tutelage of Roy Jones. Okay. Um, you know, Kelvin Davis, a prospect, is on there. Um There's, uh, let me see, there's two unbeaten guys. I think one's 8-0, one's 6-0 or something like that. Lopez and, uh, yeah, Najee Lopez against, uh, I think it's Yildo his first name is. Let me double check. I think it's, yeah, 7-0 against 8-0. So it doesn't necessarily, oh, that fight kind of gives you minor, uh, you know, showbox vibes or whatever. Um, from Fantasy Springs on Thursday, there's a DAZN card. There's a lot. There's a lot of shit going on. Let's just put it that way. But I like the mid-level stuff that they've been giving us on on ProBox. And like I said, I also like that it has its own day. Um, Julio Cesar Martinez is taking on Cordova. Um, That might be a good action fight. Um, Angeletti Kyron Davis, Playu, a lot of dudes on the other card, um, not necessarily in
2: great fights.
1: You know what I mean? Okay, so, okay, so I'm not gonna spend much time on this because, like I said, I, I'm already we're already talking facts. Okay, I, I'm big on facts, and that's that's about it. Um, I'm I am getting challenged by this Devin Haney stuff, okay? Because you know I'm relaying facts to people, and that's got some folks a little up in arms, okay? So this is his first. I'm going to show you, play you. This is fight height, right? And I'm going to show you some clips. I keep saying show you. I got some audio, okay? This is this is Devin Haney, um. Talking about, you know, his next move, maybe. Just, just listen, okay. Here you go. Uh, Do you think at
2: this point you're enjoying kind of being a free agent? I know you signed like one fight. Do you think that's the way to go
1: from now on? It's like you're going to sign one fight, two fights, so you get more options. for But yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for a while now.
0: And, you know,
1: like, like a promotional contract, contract with a network to where I'm going to you know, put my fighters on and stuff like that. Uh, I'm looking to sign a lot, a lot more fighters. Like, I've been signing more fighters. You know, you guys will see in the next few months. But, uh, you know, more on the business side. What do you think about be doing So he said he's looking for a network, and I'm sure he means platform as well, whichever. Um Where you know he can put some of his fighters on there. So whether that means that's a combination or what, where he's on the deal in there on the deal. I'm assuming. Um, But here's the other clip here. When it comes to how do you feel at 140? Would you still be willing to go down? Okay. Um, but also, you know, I don't feel like overworking. You know, I used to have to overwork myself to to make the weight. You know, I'll be training to make weight, not training to, to necessarily get better. At that point where, you know, I'm able to, you know, try to always, You know, focus on game plan, you know, get better.
0: Knowing
2: how comfortable you do feel now than making 140? Does that somewhat make your mind
0: up?
1: So you know, he's talking about, hey, I feel good. I feel comfortable. You can see it on the scale. You can definitely see it in the ring. Um, and then now they're going to follow up on hey, do you want to stay then 40 or, or you would you not go down to 35? Uh, whether or not you would ever drop that down to oh, we I still got to do the so I still got to fight. But like I said, you know, um, well, we, 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 which I'll go drop five more pounds, but uh, um, a couple of millions, a few millions. Of course we all would, so. Um, you know, if the money, the money's right, everything is right. It makes sense. Then, uh, yeah. I'm here. you father saying something. There we go. Okay. So, and before you, you're gonna message me or jump on. November 24th, 2023 is when this video was, and that was Al Dawson uh, asking the questions. I'm pretty sure. Shouts out to Al. So, you know. This isn't last year. This isn't earlier this year. This is November 24th. So we're talking one, two, we're talking like three weeks ago, not even three weeks ago. So I'm not just bullshitting the bullshit. Now I'm not making the case for either guy, (laughs) you know, like I said, if that's something that, you know, he wants to do, um, he doesn't want to go to 135 More power to him dude You know I understand I get it I'm not a professional you know Fighter but I did Have to make weight in wrestling And fuck he did look Great he did look great at that Weight so if he's changed his Mind which it sounds like he has And he dropped his belt so he made it Official he's even talking about going Up to 47 so I'm just stating facts and the thing is they're going to use that against them because not even three weeks ago he said he, he'll he go down if it's for the big fight and I remember there's one that I was looking at I'm not going to play it though that's a little further back and I'm not ta- I'm talking about at the beginning of you know the presser to you know it was in October basically the the opening presser and for the pre you know program fight and he said you know like really the only big fight i'd go down the 135 for his tank when they're asking other questions so it's like and and he and he already did dude. it's it's crazy because he literally told the wbc that he wants to keep his belt i'm gonna go to 140 can you keep that shit for me they put him in recess and now he decided, fuck that, drop the belts. That's why I think he has a deal, but I could be wrong. But th- that's, I'm just giving you facts, dude. I'm just giving you facts. Now, Dan Raphael was saying that Teofima Lopez and Sabriel Matias is in the works. There was a February date, like the third, I think they said the Thursday of the Super Bowl? Or was it the Saturday? I don't know. I think it was Thursday. Um, but Matias couldn't take the fight because his hands fucked up, and he wants to reschedule it. He said that on social media, or not reschedule it wasn't scheduled, but you know he wants to push it back and do that. Now this is Dan Rafael, not me, not you know anyone from uh, Jose Ramirez's camp, but according to Dan Rafael that Jose Ramirez was offered Teofimo Lopez fight. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's true or not, okay? Not totally sure. Can't say for sure. Um, and, you know, Devin Haney, you know, Bill Haney was saying, you know, basically, like, the Mayweather is over. That model's over of overcharging the fans. I got news for you. The next time he fights, his tickets are going to be more expensive. Uh, the next time he fights... In San Francisco, in that same arena, the tickets will be more expensive. I get what Bill's trying to do and trying to say. More power to him. But, you know, when he says, oh, why are you charging so much for your tickets, dude? Come on. Just stop on that one. You know what I mean? I get it. I get the anger you're trying to take. We don't We don't charge the customer much. Okay, dude, until you can, then you will. And that's no big deal it's really not a big deal. Um we got some new stuff, maybe some boxing Twitter stuff and then we'll be out of here. Someone asked me, "I do right now." I do have money on a decision as, um for for Rodriguez. Um it's a minus 125 for Jesse Bam Bam, the Bam Rodriguez. Um And, you know, right now, for a decision, you can get a sunny for plus 190, for plus 230, plus 250, if you go exactly by decision. Um, So since it's such a bigger jump, you could, you know, you could, you know, bet on both if you wanted to. But, um, yeah. Now, let's see here. As far as the Amazon deal goes, like I said, a lot of people are acting like they know the specifics. Like, you know, the, the usual suspects are screaming, there's no money in the deal. So it's distribution and marketing, but there's no money at all. Or it's like whoever can do – basically, at first they said it's just all pay-per-views, which they did say. We don't know what it is, like what, what the quality – we don't know exactly what it's going to be but they did say that there is non-pay-per-view fights too. Um, So they made it sound like there's no way that this is going to be good for like just four or five fighters and then that's it. Everyone else is not going to get paid. Um, That they're not giving out any guarantees. They're not giving PBC any money. That's what a lot of usual suspects say. They saw the distribution and they didn't even saw pay-per-view and didn't even read the thing at all. So if you have distribution and if you have marketing, there's gotta be some money in there. Or do you say, okay, off the pay-per-views, the money they make off the pay-per-views percentage, they're just going to put it into a fight card, a normal fight card without pay-per-view. You know, we don't know. So I'm not going to act like I do. We know 12 of 14 events, whether they're pay-per-view or, or, or the championship, you know, boxing level, um, you know, rising stars. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that means. Um, they they talked about the shoulder programming, the documentaries. You know, the live press conferences and you know, archive, which is dope. Um, but they get a lot of that from Glacier and a couple other usual suspects. About there's no money in it. There's absolutely zero money. So I guess Amazon's going to get a chunk. They're going to get a cut of the pay per views but they're not putting any money up. But you see, how can the PBC be broke? Just going off the theory of the usual suspects, how can they be broke? If you're not getting any money from Amazon in this deal, then how can the PBC be broke? You see what I'm saying? If, if they're broken out of money, then how are they paying for all this shit? you see what I'm getting at? And they did pay their way out of that, last 2024 last year of showtime dan raphael and others i can't remember who it was um you know the reach obviously 160 million here over 200 million worldwide um we've seen what they've done with the nfl they are in talks right now for a long-term deal with the nba they're either going to try to do thursday nights or maybe do a tuesday night very similar like I said, I do like the archive bouts availability. The zone gets a little funky with some of their archive stuff. Um, they have a lot of it, but some of it's not available, like the average everyday fight that maybe you want to check out again or something. Um, and then Showtime was real shaky with it. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what that means. I know that the PBC has three. Dates in March, it says right in the press conference that – or in the presser that, you know, March is going to be their first pay-per-view. And now people are calling, you know, that once again, they've been calling this from like 2000 – late 2015, 16 and on. Exodus from the BBC. So they have 150 fighters. Only like 8 to 10 are going to make money on this. Otherwise, the rest are going to hate it they're going to have to leave so it's going to be a mass exodus once again from the pbc now they have been placing fighters on club shows here and there and in this year they did uh, you know cross promote more than anybody else that's for sure um especially big fights but anyway um all that stuff is going to get figured out and like i said there is a strong rumor that there's an additional platform. What what that is, I don't know. I'll just be honest. But two people that I trust pretty well in this stuff. Um, so here's a prime example, Boxing Titans. Awful move. A lot of boxers in their stable are not going to like this. They'll be getting less money now. Just random shit, you know. By the way, Jack Catterall, Richardson Hitchens, um, the IBF, ordered that at 140. Um, yeah, you hear, I mean, to already be hypocr- or so hypercritical, it's hypocritical, to be so hypercritical already of a deal you don't even know 100%, that's where you lose me. But here's Sky Nichols, Nicholson. She was saying Amanda Serrano's ducking her uh, because, you know, Amanda the WBC couldn't come to terms on doing, you know, three-minute fights, 12-minute, uh, or <laughs> three-minute fights, three-minute rounds, 12 rounds. Um, she says, as expected, if you know, you know, right? And really, she vacated it because they, the WBC wouldn't sanction it. So it, it went to Erica Cruz. I think the highest two contenders are Cruz and Scott. Um, but she she really went on to... Amanda was notified that my mandatory was being ordered today. It took to social media to keep selling the narrative about three-minute rounds instead of just admitting the truth. Um, You know, then she said, well, no, she fought, you know, in August, she fought, uh, what what was the tweet? No, she fought 10-2 in August when she found out I was fighting for the WBC interim in September, started getting her excuse ready. I've said this exactly what was going to happen, and today, vacating here, blah, blah, blah. Come on, dude. She says she knows I have a style to beat her. It's like, maybe you beat her, dude. You know, maybe you do. But come on, man. Why why you got to do it like that? Amanda Serrano came out and said, for those that are uh, getting misinformed, my decision to fight uh, twelve by three goes uh, twelve rounds, three minutes goes back to my Katie Taylor fight. She said no. Okay, now I'm in position of power to follow through. I did it. I love it. And you know, she's the, she's like that's what I, that's what I want to do. Um, someone sent me someone sent me this about Broner saying he would have beat him in his prime. Floyd beat Floyd in his prime. Prime for prime Broner. Obviously that's bullshit. But you know he's a fighter. What, what is he going to say? But he still keeps bringing up this exhibition like it's hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I just I don't see it, dude. I really don't see it. Just don't see it. Um. So it's a little fight news, a little boxing Twitter. Kind of sad to see boxing biggest fight will be streamed on a shopping website. And actually, if you look at the streaming charts right now, as of this summer, because, you know, it's, it's January to June, 20% of the market, two, two, two of them have 20%, basically, Prime and, and Netflix. Somewhere in like the 15, 14 range is max, then Disney, Hulu, Paramount, Apple TV, and then, it, you know, ESPN's not even on there. I think that's the other part. Um, by the way, shouts out to the U.K. and Ireland. And I assume this covers Northern Ireland. Shout-out to you as well. But the PBC Championship Boxing Series plus original programming content will be available to Prime Video customers in the U.K. and Ireland. I've heard that twice now. Um, Dan Raphael. Here's another one. I wonder how much of the PBC stable gets retained with only 14 shows being guaranteed. Canelo, Tank Crawford, Zoo, Charlo's, Benavides, Booth, Spence, Morale, Bolton. That's about all I can see getting the major push of this deal. Everybody else better find a home. Let's just wait and see what the fuck's going to go on. You know what I mean? Because we don't know everything just yet. Okay? I, I Someone just sent me this. I do love being a prick that pops the PBC hype bubble. People are, PBC are getting $0. Um, Al's going to see firsthand the cost of enduring by networks to put on his show, which means less money. Just, just a bunch of this. Like I said, so they did a deal where he's not getting any money. Why wouldn't he just go to his zone? This is Mannix. I've seen other people say this, that they will be handling the production. Amazon Prime, too. And from the sounds of it, that's where es- Espinosa comes in. Um, you know. Here's another. This whole thread is. Lo- oh, yeah. Somehow PBC's out of money while also paying for everything via Amazon Prime. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're out of money, then how the fuck? You can't be out of money. See, it's just the goalposts keep changing. That's all it's been. Because they just put Espinoza in Showtime into that saying, you shouldn't have trusted Al and now you deserve it. Right? But at the start, it was PBC was going, bro, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, uh, did it do the yeah, 167 right now? I think it's 28 or 20. I think it's 28 for ESPN, 63 for Paramount. Um, it's pretty big. You know what I mean? It's pretty big. Oh, here's that, the boxing voice, the Brill. So they said, just spoke to the manager of Matias, the IBF champ, confirmed that Tia Fimo and his team sent an offer to fight in February, Super Bowl weekend. Unfortunately, the hand injury, uh, you know, he had to turn it down. They are now working on rescheduling the fight for April after therapy. And, um, you know, he, he did he did come online and be like, yep, you know, that that's what it's going to be that's what it's going to be. You already know, you know, let's 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 push it back. I've also heard maybe Puerto Rican Day Parade. Like I said, MGM March 2nd, March 23rd and March 30th. Those are just whole T-Mobile or the MGM. I think one's MGM, one's T-Mobile. Either way, they got three dates, they're going to choose one of them. Yeah, ESPN right now is about 25 million. Paramount 63 HBO Max, 82. Disney's 150 million worldwide, we're talking about. Amazon, 200. And Netflix is 247 worldwide. Um, so, yeah, I mean, happy birthday, by the way, to, to Bob Aaron. What is he, 93, 92? Man, I hope to have that kind of energy. Um, let's see here. What else? We got just a little bit of time. See, here's the same dude saying, the wording here is interesting, PBC, home of pay-per-view bouts. So does that mean they will only show pay-per-view on Prime? Or will Prime give them a budget to do regular? Dude, it it doesn't say the budget, but it does say it's not just pay-per-views. Oshaki Foster, we said he's going to return February, February 16th. He's back. Abraham Nova at the MSG Theater. And I think that's what um, Zaya, Xander Zayas. is on. So that's pretty cool. Canelo Alvarez is uh, told um, some reporters that he's got a meeting with Al basically yesterday. Starting to figure out the May opponent. Asked if the David Benavides is an option for September. Canelo said, we'll see. I'm always here to make the best fights. If that's a good fight for September or he has to wait a little bit, we'll see. Sometimes... The bigger the fight, you know, you, you wait a little bit. He also suggested that he's not ducking Benavides. He said it always happens. Whatever, it's Lara or blah, blah, blah. You know, he said that shit happens a lot. Uh, people say it. So, yeah. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah, here's Tay Jones saying, and, and Devon's about to sign a big contract in the coming days. There's a new cash cow in town. That's what he said, not me, but he. Uh, oh yeah, Whitaker, someone that big left hand Whitaker. Yep, good call. Someone sent me that. Um, I think that's about it, here, fellas. Yeah, here's that Chris Man. Oh, it's Manix. Nobody said Lopez Matias. There's been talks about June seventh or eighth. Man, would that be awesome? Yeah, it's it. Zayas Teixeira. It's going to fall February 16th on there. So, there you go. All right. So, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Um, You know, hopefully we get ourselves a really good weekend overall. On paper, it looks damn good. Anyway, I'm out. Peace. Once you become the world champion,
2: I believe that...